Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone, welcome to. God, oh, I don't know what the branding is. Waypoint Holiday Podcast Part One. Yeah, sure. The branding is it, does is, it get an episode title? It's spoiler like, cast. I mean, a it's number? a spoiler cast. It doesn't get a number. Those don't get numbers. Spoiler, okay, okay. The game of the year doesn't get one either. There's no numbers no, for that. No numbers Those are for that. And it's not a waypoints. It's not a waypoints. Way that's a different. It's not thing. a waypoints. Don't get waypoints. Okay. I didn't no. think they did, but I just wanted to check. You know, who knows if System Shock will even get a Waypoint 101? You know, have we, like, have we hold on, have we put a spoiler? Spoiler, we may have put a spoiler cast under a Waypoints title once. Yeah, it's all it's all fucked. Mm, it's all fucked. No, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Every Waypoint 101 <laughs> sort of a spoiler cast. Yeah. Yes. Could this be Waypoint 101? <laughs> Wait, I know we, you streamed it, didn't you? Stream mm, some of it. I did stream like 60 hours of it. Uh, that is the voice of. <laughs> Austin Walker. How is this not a 101? I don't... Austin... Hmm. Now you're putting me into an existential crisis before we've even thought about this video game. (laughs) Well, that's good because it works for this game, you know? (laughs) It would also raise our 101s per month ratio a lot. That's true. We could do do a Signalis one, you know, in January. Um, (laughs) Just call it a 101. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whenever, you know, uh, Natalie and Rob feel that they've gotten through System Shock, we'll we'll talk about that game. (laughs) One Um, and two. Just don't forget. These are like a one and two. No, I canceled that. (laughs) I don't know if they know that, but they are not playing System Shock 2. Blocked, banned, reported. Um, We are canceling that like we are canceling Twitter spaces. It's just not happening. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we are here to finally deliver on something we've wanted to do all year. We had many conversations uh, in the spring and occasionally in the summer when Kato or Ren would raise their hand and go, what if we did an Elden Ring spoiler cast? And I would go, I will get to beating that game and then had to invent a piece of content so that I could stream it during the day. So I could beat that game uh, and that we could get to a point where we could do the spoiler cast, which is like very funny, given that you can't really spoil these games for me as someone who couldn't tell you what happened in any of them. Um, and yet I did want to get to the end for this one. Did you feel like, you no, still have- and we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, like, yeah, the storytelling is, is, is certainly different uh, here um, than, than in, than in souls past. But uh, I did want to start with just a really simple question. Um, but did we like Elden Ring? Austin, you are a guest. The I floor am. is yours. Did you like Elden Ring? I mean, it's no Dark Souls 2, but <laughs> what is? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. You know, it came out. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Like, I can 
track, I can think a lot about my time post games media with relation to the games I played as non-journalist and the way that that changed my relationship. And what I think was I the first like, one? I don't mean to death, interrupt your. De- it was Deathloop. I think Deathloop was the first okay. big mm-hmm. one where it was gotcha. like I would have played this pre-release. I would have had uh-huh. some feelings around it that were X Y Z or whatever. You know, I didn't have to have a take for Deathloop, which was really nice because I think. In writing a take for Deathloop, I would have come away lower on Deathloop. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There are things about mm-hmm. Deathloop that I know that I would have to, would have been more critical of if I couldn't breeze past them and kind of bracket them away. Um, this was the first Souls or FromSoft game since Dark Souls 2 that I didn't play pre-release, I think. Dark Souls 3 I reviewed. Then mm-hmm. Sekiro I played pre-released. Then I was, I was Bloodborne, Dark Souls 2 around the same time, right? So, like, uh, uh, Blood, Bloodborne I also didn't play for review. Um, but that, sh- you know, being able to play this you're game. You were a critic, though, right? Every, like, you, you were, you're like totally. whether you were employed or not, yes, getting yes, games I early. Was, yes. You were in the headspace where, like, I'm playing mode. games yes. to pitch things. <laughs> This was a game I got to play with my friends in a little Discord we had where we were sharing notes and talking about what, you know, did you get to this boss yet? Here's a place to get a new spell. I got okay, to but have I that did. release you know what? experience. I don't know if we said I don't know if we said this publicly. We can say it now. I'm not going to get sued. But when I got access to the Elden Ring beta ahead of time, I may or may oh, not have opened a Discord call and true. shared my capture card <laughs> with Austin. Mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. I was like, do you want do you want to be spoiled or and I was or like, yeah. like, are you cool? And you were like, let's do it. Yeah, I do want to be spoiled immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I did get that little early bit. And I still followed it in such a way that let's say I didn't see your stream. I was mm-hmm. still tuned into the leaks in such a way that I would have had that whole first area spoiled for me. And then I played that beta. That beta released and I played through it to death, you know. So like the pre-Stormvale area, you know, that was available. And then it came out and it fully did, you know. Uh, fully meet my expectations is a weird thing to say. It gave me a lot of what I was hoping for from a game of its size and caliber. Um, I found myself continually surprised by uh, stuff in the geography, in the world building. Um, I think that it was a really big step in the way that they tell stories that kind of synthesized some of the more straightforward stuff that you see in Sekiro with the open-ended stuff. I think there's a, a an important change in the way that the stakes of the big picture thematics like are are positioned at the end of the game that you're making a choice about what comes next versus the very binary choice of that all the Dark Souls games tended to, to to give you uh in some ways. Bloodborne's also kind of in that space um and Sekiro to some degree, but this really felt like I really liked what it was doing thematically and then just like I had a blast. Like I had a bunch of cool builds. I think structurally it it filled a niche for me that their previous games didn't where I got to experiment on a single playthrough and I'm not someone who does multiple playthroughs on games. You know this about me and my time doesn't, doesn't exist in that way. And so to be able to be like, Oh yeah, I can talk about what it means to be an int dex based character, to be a, you know, a, a faith dex character to be, I still kind of stay decks on that build. Um, um, I'm kind of doing a, uh, I, I dipped back in for this on steam deck and that character is strength based. So I'm still like, I didn't get everything, but I did the arcane build. I messed around with a bunch of stuff in a way that I never would mess around with a bunch of stuff on a single playthrough of one of their games normally. Normally, and that felt great. And so, like, I think that they, they, that stuff really worked for me. I have very few notes in terms of like this, nothing brought the experience down in a big way. I think it's a little long in the tooth, like most people think. Um, but even some of that last stuff, I still genu- generally liked. So, positive, positive over here. 
uh, Ren, I-, I noticed this morning that you were playing the game again. I don't know if that meant you were able to actually finish it. I'm curious, like, get us up to speed on w- where you made it to and then how that, you know, as someone that has probably had the most recent touching of, of this game, how that uh, kind of parlays into your feelings on it. So I went back uh, I put about 120 uh, about if, if I look at my save file, I put 94 hours into Elden Ring uh, to this point. Uh, and I looked at that and then I was like, you know what? Patrick gave me shit for it on the last podcast. I want <laughs> I'm going to check back in on Millennia Blade of Mikola. Ah, and motherfucker, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could come to you. I wish I could come to you with a gift in my arms of a cool sword and the 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 cool sword arm of my dead wife. I wish I could bring yeah. that to you, and I can't. I cannot. And like, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But the thing that I got to with this, like, coming back to it right at the end, was it clicking for me that the thing I really like about Elden Ring, separate from the rest of the series, and I I do have like qualms with Elden Ring, like structurally and and in terms of like. Eh, I have some issues with it, but the thing that I think it does really well is it creates, and this ties into the the choice of ending feeling significant this time, mm-hmm. it creates more opportunities for player expression, both in terms of like mechanical expression, but also like that narrative expression, um, both in the direct choices you're making, but also in like giving you space to walk through a world without doing something. Right. The spaces between areas is a time to think about characters and to think mm-hmm. about kind of what is going on. And this is the first game in the series that feels like that space is always there. There are moments in the previous games where you have that space for like contemplation and reflection. But this time, based on this, the sheer scale of it, there is always time for as much as there is exploration for thinking about what you've seen to that point and like kind of recollecting. And I think that's sick. There's that area in the northwest, not all, not Volcano Manor area, but mm-hmm. east of that, approaching the city, where um, there's like the broken bridge and Gold Mask is up there for a little while. It's near the village with the dancing. Yeah, Atlas Plateau. Uh, yeah, Atlas, the Altus Plateau. Um, and I just there was there's an area. It's near where the Gold Mask, where Gold Mask is, is slowly approaching the city bit by bit by bit. Unless uh, you kill him, brother. Unless you kill him, did you kill unless him? Unless you just unless you just roll up to him thinking that he's just a piece of the ark. Did you kill? And he, yeah. and he just slaughters. Oh, not on purpose. I was not trolling. Yeah. That's a fun wasn't doing story. a bit. I was just I was just rolling and then was like, look at this thing swing <laughs> and just like whoosh. Jesus. He does there, come back. Like, but I think but oh, I think okay. actually what ended up happening huh. was I, I forget exactly, but I think I. I like lost. I lost track of that quest. Um, yeah, that quest, quest, and it's a fascinating quest because yeah. it's like that's a quest about about someone who is very devout. Two people who are very devout, and one of them realizing that devotion means accepting that you're wrong, uh, that someone else might be perfect, and the other person ex- deciding that the other the thing that you're devoted to can never be wrong, and therefore the world has to be the thing that's broken. Uh, very fun, and and my point being. Moving around in that space, there was something about the aesthetics of that space and the way that plotline was developing where Ren totally, I felt myself really engaged with some of the big ideas that were, that that plot was going through 
because I had the space to do it because I wasn't constantly in the like, all right, so first I backstab this guy. Then I approach <laughs> to the left and then I, okay, then those two big brick motherfuckers are going to come out and I need to grind out some blood vials. You know, like I wasn't in that mode. I was in a more reflective mode thinking about my character's relationship to this stuff. And, you know, you know I role play when I play video games. I don't tend to do that much role playing in the other FromSoft games. I did a ton of it in this. I was very much in my character's head and thinking about, you know, why do they, why, the reason I went from being faith to, to intelligence to arcane has like well, a hold, plot arc. Yeah, hold, yeah, hold that because I do, I know, get there. I know you and Ren both played the yes, game similarly yes. and I, I, I think that's really interesting. Kato, when, uh, oh, Ren, did you have another point you wanted to make? I just wanted to note one thing about uh, Austin's, like Austin talking about the, the I got to backstab this motherfucker like that, the, the process, right? Um, it also has that at its best, though. Yeah, like, totally. Like, yes, those the places CO exist. For River Valley. The CO for River Valley is the Mwah. best mechanical <laughs> area they've ever done. Like, uh, I have some like, ah, oh, man, does it like perfectly land in terms of like, is it good to play? <laughs> but CO for River Valley is such a wonderful melding of your mechanical skills and the story they are trying to tell in that area where like the only way to get through it is to start playing like a hunter where you are like taking out guys and like okay cool i have to know this space better than they do i have to <laughs> memorize all of these positions and move through it in such a way where i can block off this sight line because i killed that dude over there and now i can actually walk up to this thing four miles away and i think that's sick as shit absolutely Kinda you were uh, when I started streaming this. Mm -hmm. uh, you were then incentivized to pick it up, um, and I know that you were trying to play more of it before we got to yeah. this podcast. Uh, like random curious, what you got to if you didn't finish it, where where you ended up, and and then again broadly, where where did you where did you kind of fall in this game? Uh, um, well, I mean, I, I love the I love the game, and I. Um I got up to so at around three thirty a.m. last night. Uh, <laughs> no. I, uh, no. Cool. Trying to rush one of these games is a bad <laughs> like that is like that is a great way to extract your worst play. <laughs> at three thirty a.m., I called it after getting the Elden Beast to the last like third of life. Oh, buddy, eating. that's yeah. it. That's <laughs> Elden Ring. No, you're good. Hey, you beat I'm, Elden Ring. You did it, Kato. <laughs> That thing beat my ass there. too. That thing beat my ass so many times. In fact, I've uh, never beaten the Elden Ring or the Elden Beast. Yeah. Uh, Tish, the Black Knife, my summon nice. beats the Elden <laughs> Beast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, I have a video of it that I'll share with y'all. That is after we're done. That is like it is literally one of those things where it is the Elden Beast. I have it. I have. I have a system, right? I had. I was using Rot Thread, which is a really gross spell that you get that does a <laughs> lot of damage to it. Um, I had figured out most of it, but like. On the winning run, I was down to no healing left, and it had finished its 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 like phase where you could do damage to it, and was going yeah. into its attack phase. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Like I'm I'm not gonna be able to. I have no health left. I'm not gonna be able to dodge through it. And fucking Tish does like a three step backflip, shoots <laughs> the little blood knife off, and like from it's it's like a it's like a touchdown pass like it goes 60 <laughs> yards across the arena and catches it just before it does the big weird like loop in the sky to summon all of the laser blasts Ugh. and like I, I i was full relief like i wanted to high five my summon in that moment it was mwah, perfect uh yeah i uh you know as i mentioned i managed to 
I played about half the game on my own, dropped it only because of the way the nature of my job where other games just took that time and was like, well, I'll get back to that. And like maybe the Steam Deck will let me do that. I also got but then I would get spoiled by how great it looked on my PC and like on a bigger display. And so I like loaded up my Steam Deck and put it down and like. Eventually, it was like, I do, I really want to see the end. Like, I, I adore these games. I want to see the end of this. And so that's how I conceived the idea of just doing it on stream. A, a side product of that is I do my best playing of these games in front of an audience. Um, like, I play them best when I have done, I've streamed all of Dark Souls, all, a big chunk of Dark Souls 2, all of Dark Souls 3, and some chunk of Bloodborne. And... And then one time played Sekiro with Austin where someone we was moving and the other, and the other person was attacking. <laughs> it was good. That was great. We and did better than we thought we would. So I, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and Elden Ring. Uh, so I ended up playing the second half of that on, on stream. And I, you know, I ended up cool is the wrong word by the time I got to, I think the long in the tooth part, like definitely like once it got to sort of a, an endless kind of series of, of bosses. You were losing that like ebb and flow between like a big, interesting area. I think the game never quite gets much better than everything leading up to Stormvale Castle and Stormvale Castle. I think there are interesting areas. There's good stuff, but all of the events that occur in that opening 30 hours is the best that Elden Ring has to offer. And then there's more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I think that's what ends up leading to like when I was streaming it. Part of the reason I dropped it was like I was fucking bored of playing my character. And uh, I was, you know, I'd run into like that. I I got the game ahead of time. I did not know that Int Dex was going to be the mega build. I just stumbled into that. Yep. And and that was fun for like 20 hours. Did you change it during the stream? So that was the whole bit with the stream was like, I need you guys to help me. So we didn't totally reform it. I was like, I, I, I liked like Blades. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I liked trying to have a character that felt in line with something Bloodborne-y as I try and we, we summon character in this game. I'm trying to summon Bloodborne 2 to the best of my ability within Elden Ring. <laughs> um, and so it was like getting rid of the, uh, what, what's the Ultra Blade? The one that Moon had vale. the, yeah, Moon Moon vale. is, uh, it's It's fun that they made what I think is the new best weapon ever in one of these games. But I and I hope they put it in every other game, but I don't ever <laughs> want to use it again. It was that like <laughs> or, or was, nerf it, nerf so, it. Wait, yeah. Moonvale yes. and Armored Core would be delect- <laughs> delectable. Please, so, Namco's publishing it, so that part's possible. They can they can yeah. definitely continue that, yeah. that lineage there. Um, and so I actually had the audience help me like come up with a different build. I mean, this is all just to say that uh, that opening thirty hours was the game of the year for me. And then I played it for another mm. 70 or 80 and played a game I quite liked, but one in which it really felt like they didn't trim the fat on what was here. And and my, well, actually, my guess is they did. My yeah. guess is they trimmed a lot of fat and that yeah. this was what this is what they were left with um, and what they shaped it into, which is impressive all its own. But I think inside of this game is a like 60 hour masterpiece. And what we're left with is an incredible first swing at making a game of this scale. And all I can think about is what they'll do next, which is not to betray the incredible successes of this one. I just can't help but look at it and wonder uh, what could have been if they were a little more exacting on what was in front of them. Um, But I also think that comes also from having played a bunch of these games. And I'm very jealous of people who Mm -hmm. their first experience with one of these is, is playing this for the first time. 
I mean, Elden Ring 1.5 is in here. Like, once you get past a certain point, like, once I hit Crumbling Faro Missoula, I was like, this is, this should be a different game. We should not be, <laughs> there is, there is too much here. Like, not in terms of, like, what is actually, you know, the play area. Crumbling Faro Missoula is not that big, but, like, what that area is doing is so much. It is doing so much in that moment where I was like, you know what? Give me, give me, like, 20 hours of this, in t- but not here. Give me more of this, just not in this specific space. And yeah. I ended up having that feeling at a couple of places in that latter half of the game. The Hallig Tree rules. I love the Hallig Tree. I think that area is sick that as hell. That dungeon all the way through is sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But also, it, man, you made something really good. What if that was just an entire area dedicated to it? Like, in the same way that Kaelid and and Stormvale are all built around these like central dungeons, I want to see the part of the world that is legitimately built around the Halig tree, as opposed and it to not the Halig just tree attached to a big snowfield. That yep. which yeah, that's that's I I would trade a, the entire second snow area for a place <laughs> uh, built around the Halig tree easily, which it totally could have been. Who knows, right? Um, I, I I can't go as far as I think everything before Stormvale is the best part because I think so much of the joy of this game for me was the stuff on the periphery, especially in the kind of zones two and three of Kaled and Leonia. Mm-hmm. Um, the big standout moments obviously include the teleporting chests that drop you into the middle of Kaled <laughs> oh into the city for the first time. And like you, to me, Amazing. and you could argue they did the Bloodborne thing veil. again. Yes. And I cannot believe they pulled off the same trick twice. And it <laughs> was just as terrifying. It's so funny. You're in that fucking mine. Uh, the things that those insects do, by the way, where they shoot the big weird strings at you, yeah. that is rot thread. That is the spell that I used to almost uh. beat the elder. Beast. You get that. It's really good against the Elden Beast because it it hits multiple times inside of big things, basically. Uh, but the other thing, my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the game, period, was being in Leonia, far to the northwest, past where like the um the uh the castle, the not the not the mage school, but there's that other castle where like Ronnie's stuff is behind it and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Pa- north past that, there's like a canyon, and there is one of those mines. And I was like, oh, I'll just do this little mine before bed. I have about 45 minutes, 30, 30, 45 minutes before bed. I'll just do this little mine. These mines tend to be quick. Maybe there's some of those crystal guys there. I'll beat them at the end. And instead of going in, you kind of dip in for a second and then you're on the the exterior of uh, of a mine going up above the like on the canyon cliff face and you're mm-hmm. climbing ladders and fighting these bats you remember those remember the bats that sing the bat ladies that mm-hmm. sing yes uh, and like you find like the queen of the bat ladies that sing and then you fight <laughs> one of the big lava dragon things that are the lava like worms yeah. that you fight mm-hmm. and then you pass through and that ends up being like an hour and a half two hours and finally i get through it and I emerge onto the Altus Plateau, the like rear entrance to it. Yeah. And to me, that is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is the game they were making. They built this whole space so that I could go, let me just dip into this mine for 30 minutes. And two hours later, I've emerged through the back door into a, a beautiful autumnal hell space. Cause also that's where one of those dragons is. Yeah. You pop out. <laughs> and it, it, it also, it's also the revelation that up until that point, I had been thinking that the, um, uh, all those big carts that the giants are hauling around are just like transports or something. But you learn there at that space that they are all like grave like transports. Yes. They're all caskets. And they've just thrown these like huge like 
it's like a, a graveyard of caskets, basically, of the big casket transports. And like that and the dragon, it was just like, okay, they were building a game this big so that I could have this moment and moments like this, which which happened again and again. I think about also the, um, there's a dungeon past the Radon fight on the beach. There's the the little, um, uh, the yeah. northeast of the beach. It's back to the right shit. of it, right? Like yeah, you go 100%. all the way back and it's, in the, well, it's very missable. In, and then in there is the collection of Radon and Melania soldiers. Not Melania, but what's her name? Millennia. Millennia. Uh, still fighting. They're fighting like this eternal fight in that dungeon mm-hmm. forever. And it's like, that's sick. Like, I just beat Radon, <laughs> and I go down to this dungeon, and, like, his dudes are still fighting. They don't know the war is over. They don't know that he's dead. They don't know any of that shit. And they use the periphery really well. It's the thing that ends up being weird is that, like, the areas between the center of, you know, Stormvale, the the opening area. What's the opening area actually called? Wind something? Layin? The second, the magic place is Lyurnia. Caelid is over to the east. What is this place before Limgrave? Stormvale Castle called? Limgrave. Limgrave, Limgrave yeah. right. Because Lim, like, is a grave of limbs, right? Um, <laughs> that If that's the center, and then those little dots on the periphery are, like, really outstanding in my mind. Volcano Manor is really cool. It's the, it's some of that state stuff in between that gets really kind of, like, again, long in the tooth. We're like, okay, I kind of got the point of this place. Uh, 40 minutes, or, you know, sometimes seven eight say, ten 40, hours yeah, 40, ago. 40 minutes i mean yeah, it's, it's you really know 40 I'm, minutes but I, you know i i remember you know uh heading you know before you get into stormvale and you fight you know you fight uh margot uh margot mm-hmm. margot margot uh and having having trouble with that yeah. f- having trouble with that fight and i remember consulting with someone they're like just i don't want to say too much just like leave and go south and i was like okay thinking like there's okay yeah i'll go check out like an area or two like cut to like 25 hours yeah. later yeah and like that was there's a series of moments where um there's a whole lot of quest line on that on that island down south right right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i never and even it's a good one it's like the best one in the, it's like one of the best ones in the game and it's just fucking down there sorry patrick as you were Wait, saying you have to do that to do that's the 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 uh third the third finger fire guy quest you start it down there right wait you have really to, yeah, you have to go. Um, that woman has to die. I want to say. Oh, uh, you go. So you start going down there, and the woman who sends you to go get her father yeah, in the yeah. castle down there. Right. The the what is it? the frenzy? The the, the right. She's blind. She's yes, the blind. correct the correct, the correct ending. <laughs> right. The right. The flames of frenzy ending starts. <laughs> I believe you might be able to intersect it later, but right. she's the one who gets possessed by another spirit that's tied to the flames of frenzy and that leads you down like the bloody finger urus like all that shit is tied the to the one who wants those grapes just the one who, yeah just yeah, just grapes. Love, love some grapes don't worry about that's it that's funny i didn't just dis- i did the frenzy flame ending and did not discover the lady who wants the grapes until i was about to finish the game and people were like Amazing. well you somehow managed to do this ending and never encounter this lady that's so incredible. why don't you just go like like someone like Wait, pointing me on the map the, like how did you get the the uh, flame I, f- I forget at this point, but like there's ways of doing it without like r- doing That's the trail incredible. where you're where you're helping her, okay. her out, which is actually uh, another big thing that they've changed. Right. Is like, right. It's a little easier to keep on a quest line. It's a little easier to miss one a step. Li- here or a there. little. I and think they well, they put NPCs in the fucking map. After it came say. out, <laughs> like well, it, was a, it was a glitch. Yeah, I didn't get, I I didn't get that shit. Out. You didn't, right? Again. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think those are the point I was going to make before. And I want to pick up on that was just that. I've we've all played so many games that have big maps and have been like kind of like lived through the era of the big map becoming mm-hmm. a thing. And I think it's genuinely cool 
that you can play a game that also has a big map and it can impress you that it has a big map because that is just hard to do when we've taken for granted you open up a map and you go game big mm. and 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 there's a it, it it shows a lot about what does it actually mean to convey convey scale it's not just as simple as it's big um because i think elden ring ends up showing what you do with that space helps you convey the hugeness of that space and Elden Ring, I don't know where it works out to mileage, you know, again, you know, against other games, but it certainly feels like one of the biggest games I've ever played. Even if I don't know if someone was to do the math on it, how that, how that works out. It's because of the way it's built. Yeah. I also want to know that one thing about the map is that like in my initial like review write up of the game, right. I, I had some like qualms with the game's like with the world structure because I was like, man, I wish this had like a little bit more sightline design. I wish right. that I had that moment of seeing a thing and then going to it. And then eventually after I, I wrote that whole thing, I look at the map and it starts to click for me that like Elden Ring's map is not just like a set of icons. It is a pretty good functional map where if you look at what some if something is drawn on that map it is because someone felt the need to draw some shit on that map and mm-hmm. so you're like oh wait is that like i know i've seen a bunch of rubble in a bunch of different places like i'm looking at Limgrave, right i've seen these like broken towers everywhere and i went to them and there's nothing there and i look at the map and i'm like wait a minute the rest of them weren't marked like that. Mm-hmm. There are there, someone drew that rubble on there. I wonder what happens if I go there. And I went there and there was shit. And like mm-hmm. it it gives you the f- that was like a, a big moment for me, like coming back around on the game was like, oh cool. I still get that like Breath of the Wild-esque sightline design feeling from this other system that feels more in line with the game setting, which is like this place that people have mapped out, that people know what is there, and you are going into it. Like, you are entering this space and kind of navigating it. And I was like, oh, man, they they got me. They got you. That, to me, that was like the, um, in Leernia, there is the castle that you turn, like, upside down, the tower that you turn upside down <laughs> with, the, with the thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like... I didn't. I only went there because it was on the map already as a place that looked like that must be a cool thing. And it was on the way there that I that I was trying to figure out how the fuck do I get there. That I zoomed in on the map and was looking around and seeing that underneath it, it looked like there were like there was another there were buildings or something underneath <laughs> it. And of course, that turns out to be Jar Town, Jarville, Jar Jarburg, Jarburg, yeah, Jarburg, which has the best. Ugh. It's the it's just the best. Did you finish that plotline? I did. Y'all? I did. I didn't. I didn't okay. come across it on my own. And then towards okay. the end, the audience was kind enough to, "Hey, what are the quests that I just didn't come across?" You know, I played the game for 130 totally. something hours and totally. just didn't like the fact that you can do that and then have moments. And this is this is actually something that is, uh, I think, is is in line with Breath of the Wild, where you can spend what feels like an extraordinary amount of time to feel as though maybe you're not being a completionist, but you're being an. Ex- exploration like i like come on i've looked everywhere like i've gotten all the big things right um like i never came across the closest i can i ended up finding jarberg but only because the audience helped point me there i don't think i would have found that on my own because i just moved on from that area i was like explored we're good um and the the closest thing i I can bring to that is what is the 
it's a, it's an island in Breath of the Wild that everyone says is like one of their favorite moments in the Eventide. game. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Um, Eventide. Yeah. Eventide. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Eventide. Never found it. I played that game for 100 right. hours. Totally. Never made it to that place. I mean, like, I didn't wow, find... Breath of the Wild is like one of my favorite moments is this this island. I'm like, never saw it. <laughs> there's that, there's, is it Laurelin Village, the fishing village in Breath of the Wild that like I only mm-hmm. found after I beat the game. It was 120 hours and I was like, there's a whole ass village. There's a whole ass seaside village. <laughs> yeah. You know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta help this mom, you know, get some, some pa- paella I had no idea this was happening here. Um, uh, And I I will say it's interesting to think about um, the critique of Elden Ring being kind of like, you know, long in the tooth, uh, running out of things to to – show you or or just being lots of downtime in the end where you were doing repetitive I think, stuff. I, I actually think it has lots to show you. I think the structurally it sort of right. gets boring more than what is actually there is actually like mm. running out. I mean at the bosses I do think start to run out of like eventually we start You're running out, out of, of boss yeah, ideas yeah. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I, again like I, I didn't mind that so much but mostly because it felt like it was giving me that experience that people who replay these games get where right. they're like <laughs> Oh yeah, I know how to beat this person now because I've run this boss four times over four runs. <laughs> well, you've like, played yeah, well, three Souls games in one. I mean, right? That's and, exactly. maybe this, and well, yes. maybe and then maybe this speaks to you know part of you know me getting bored with with uh, sort of my character build and wanting to find a new mm-hmm. path forward for the second half of the game. Uh, you know, Ren and Austin, you both mentioned having very distinct both like narrative arcs and I would I would I would I would imagine build like altering arcs maybe related to the narrative maybe not. Um, Ren, I, I, I'm curious, like, do you want to explain a little bit of like the journey of your character and how like the narrative and build like changed along, along the way? Yeah. So Zada started off as the inquisitor, like base class, right? So my, my, my pitch on this character was that I was playing a woman who was brought into the traditional faith of Elden Ring into the golden order at a young age, uh-huh. Um, because she was plucked from her family at a young age, brought in, great, this sucks. <laughs> at which point she gets trained. They were like, oh, we need to we need to make this girl a priestess. She was such a bad fucking priestess. And they were like, well, we have this child, this like gifted faith, like this gifted faith child, and we don't know what to do with her because she's a dog shit priest. And so they're like, I guess we could make her like a religious spy. Do we want to make her a religious spy? And I was like, they were like, yes, we're making you a religious spy. And so she does that for like <laughs> the pre-Elden Ring beginning part of her part of her narrative is being this like inquisitor for the church. A functional inquisitor, but not like has a complicated relationship to the faith. She knows that she was taken from her family as a child. She knows all of this, but at the same time, genuinely does believe in the power of the Erd Tree because that power is so obviously manifested in the world. And so I begin with this pure uh, faith build. Uh, This is also the first time I've done a like pure magic character in one of these games ever. In in Demon Souls, I did. Oh, I think I did katana. I did dual wielding katanas in Dark Souls One. I did a scythe based dex build in Dark Souls Two. I dual wielded great swords because power stancing is in Dark Souls Two, and I had to power stance the dual smelter swords. I had <laughs> to make a buff ass lady who does not wear armor and just carries the biggest swords you've ever seen. <laughs> and then in Dark Souls Three, I went a different kind of dex build that I've never done before because despite my aesthetic love of of a of a rapier. I hate how they play. Dark Souls 3 convinced me that they were worth my time because the crow quills and the crow talons are sick <laughs> as hell. And so I went with this character um, and was running Dex Faith. 
playthrough. And then as I'm going through, I start finding that Elden Ring's interpretation of what incantations are and what faith is, is probably the widest of any game in the series. It is, it is easily, it is fast. It is a game that is fascinated with what it means to believe in a power and like have faith in something and the different ways that that faith can manifest. And the context on that is like in previous mm -hmm. games, faith is very supporty. It's very, maybe some buffs. Lots of heals, very few. I mean, you have something like the the lightning stuff in yeah. Dark Souls that is that is faith based. Um, but in general, you're not doing high DPS, and and you're not getting as many weird utility things as you get here, right? Yeah. And it's also like narratively, it is usually tied to a handful one, of specific orders. Exactly. Yes. Either one or you have one specific order. And then there are things to the, again, to the periphery of that one specific order where it's like, is this faith? And the game's like, yes, this is faith as a way of saying something about the dominant faith and the way in which it intersects mm -hmm. at, at, at the periphery. Right? Thinking here in, in Dark Souls 1 of like the spells that, that are from the, the kind of Gwyn's family and then like, oh, and then there's the specific dark versions of those spells, but they still use faith, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. interesting. That's saying something about where the power comes from. Here... Here, it's everywhere. And so the thing that got the character arc really started was uh, meeting Ronnie. And when I meet Ronnie, I found the Sword of Flame and Night. And mm. when I do that, the character starts undergoing this change, where instead of being um, Dex Faith, I start building pure uh, Int Faith, where she starts like not questioning, this is not a new form of questioning for her. She is not like a character who has been tied to her beliefs and set in stone. She's always been questioning, but she finds a new route for questioning through Ronnie, uh, through this other character, and through like the specifically weird relationship Ronnie has to magic and also to the Golden Order. This like weird, complicated relationship uh, of mm -hmm. that, that that her family has, right? And so from there, I start doing um, Int Faith. And then I find the dragon incantations. And once I find the dragon incantations, so how did y'all did y'all fuck with the dragon incantations at all? Basically not at all. I, I saw I enjoyed turning did. them in and then uh <laughs> like unlocking, you know, every time you kill a dragon, it'd be like, cool, uh got more of those. And yeah, I'd read them and be like, that sounds really neat. Doesn't fit <laughs> at all what I'm doing not here. Really. Um yeah. it was like, but it was like one of those where but I keep waiting for the the, like the four player co-op mod to like really mm. mature for Elden Ring because if I'm ever going to go revisit that game, I think what I'd like to do is like get a group together to do it on a stream and just have four people go back out into that world <laughs> with like wildly different builds. Um, and one of the one I had in my the back of my head was like, just go full weird, just like go full dragon for a, for a playthrough. So do y'all know what happens when you start turning in a bunch of those dragon hearts and start Your picking out change, right? Your eyes change because oh. as you start doing more dragon shit, you start to, this is like the thing that happens with dragons in Elden Ring. And I, I think a thing that is that is established in the series is that the more you fuck with dragons, the more you become like them. Right. The like end point of uh, dragons in Dark Souls 3 is a human person <laughs> who learned so much about dragons <laughs> that he became one and then had a fucked up kid who was literally yeah. the child of death. And like all this like weird shit. And is so it three that you could just straight up get a weird dragon head on yep. your head. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um and so well, and here they're, they're really interesting because they also exist in the lore as like before the Erd tree 
there yeah. were the dra- before the current reign of gods. There were the dragons in the Fair Missoula right. era, and that's just like. Yeah, there was a whole other pantheon, a whole other way of living, which is also sort of what is the truth about Dark Souls, right? Like Dark, Dark Souls' core lore is there was the era of gray nothingness where the dragons were, you know, immortal and untouchable and uh, time was undivided. And then the gods kind of smashed into them in, in a way mm-hmm. that, you know, was was similar here. Um, but But the way that you intersect with them here feels different in, in the sense that like – it, it doesn't feel – in the way Dark Souls talks about dragons makes it feel as if, of course, when the gods got together and figured out the different types of fire and killed the dragons with it, that was a good thing because it progressed us into an age of, of, of you know, uh, of uh, uh, progress and light and order, and now that is dimming. Whereas here, that moment is one of, like, uh, uh, invasion and colonization once you start to unpack the lore that, like, when the Erd Tree comes and when the, the you know, the, um, the Golden Order is set up and it taps into the the way this world was alive and starts to kind of siphon life from it. Like, that is a violent act that has happened uh, to the world and the people in it. I think that's such a fascinating difference from, from the way Dark Souls frame stuff. I also think that, like, the, the dragons in Dark... Interacting with dragons in Dark Souls does not feel... The term that I, like, keep coming to is, like, almost archaeological. It doesn't mm. feel like... And Elden Ring kind of has that feeling of like, yes, there are physical dragons in the world. Yes, that is that is true. And in, in the same way that, yes, there are physical dragons in Dark Souls. But like, people remember in Dark Souls what the dragons mean. Right. People have that information. Like, if you walk up to somebody, you're like, yo, what is a dragon? They'll be like, so, before the gods, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And if you, it feels like if you go up to someone in Elden Ring, you're like, what's a dragon? They're like, I don't know, but it's big. There's that, <laughs> yo, over there, that in like fucker. the blood place, you know the, you yeah. know the weird like rot place? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, the really big one of those over there. And you're like, I mean, <laughs> there is one that if you go around by its ass, you can hit it with a sword for a real long time. You can get it to drop a shitload of souls. And you're like, cool, what does that mean? And like, fuck if I know. <laughs> Except for this one little church that yeah. still understands what these things, what these beings and what these de- deities and what this power is. And those scale off of faith. And from that moment forward, I start being like, okay, what if I just use all the weird faith shit? What if this character becomes deeply invested in not just like faith as in like faith as uh, faith in a specific order, but becomes fascinated by belief itself. This this character is fascinated by the act of belief. And this is why she's so good at both faith and int is because both mm. of them are predicated on this like pursuit of belief, belief in magic, belief in a particular deity. And it's not it is not like gold mask devotion. She is mm-hmm. not interested in devotion. She is interested in belief. And so at that point, my build starts to diverge and it really gets to the place I wanted it to. And uh, for me, what, like my favorite mechanical part of the game was the fight right before Radon. Uh, in Radon's castle before the festival comes. The one okay. with the... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, I got it's that a, after the Radon fight, believe it or not. Misbegotten. Uh, the misbegotten, misbegotten yeah. it's two, and it's like, another it's two guys right it's misbegotten it starts it starts as one and then if you can beat that fucker fast enough then oh. you can go to one again but otherwise you're uh, you're on a two two v one uh, yes. depending on how fast you right. can melt the health of the first one it's gotcha. redon it's a, a crucible knight and misbegotten yes. which is also a former crucible knight because that is the <laughs> shakes that is the sick shit about 
the uh, the Crucible Knights is that like they turn into something else because they are again doing weird shit with Faith. Mm-hmm. That fight was my favorite mechanical part of the game because at that point, that was where my character felt the most in line with what I wanted her to be narratively. Because when I did that fight, I would start that fight with a enchanted cold scythe in my hand. And so I use that to apply the uh, frostbite status effect. And then I would switch to the uh, cypherpata, the literal the, word like, fucking, of God. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, wor- the, <laughs> the literal, yes. The literal word of God manifested in my hand. And so like <laughs> switching between, actively switching between all of these weapons. It basically, my character walks in with like a barrel full of weapons on her back and was just switching between those shits like constantly during that fight of just like okay cool uh what do i need right now okay cool this we're, we're switching to this one and that was really mechanically engaging but also like was doing something with this character who's obsessed with belief as an act uh, and what it means to believe in a bunch of things the big and a bunch breath. of contradictory yeah, things yeah, yeah. Totally. simultaneously um and as the game that went rules. on i started um picking up all of the incantations. And so by the end of the game, uh, my build was using the Sword of Flame and Night, um, a shield with the golden parry, wearing black knife armor, uh, because <laughs> I, my character ended up having really complex feelings about the black knives. Uh, and then finally, the original seal, uh, the, the first seal that is like the pre-Golden Order aired tree seal. Mm. Um, before it becomes like an established religion, there's a, there's an older seal and that is what she uses to use a bunch of dragon incantations. That's very um, fun. And it was, it's sick. It's You're sick just, as you hell. Are, you are the living coexist uh, bumper sticker. <laughs> exactly. <But> we, <laughs> what if, what I, if, so, the, what, if, what if the coexist bumper sticker was like, I think a really good way to test belief in a God is to see what happens when you kill them. <laughs> it's so funny because my journey is starts the same and goes in a different direction which is i'd imagine this character or my character's name was misery cord uh which is the name of a of a stiletto knife uh that was used in the middle ages to to kind of quickly and, and easily kill someone who you'd already bashed to the ground basically uh and it's also like the french word for mercy or something like that mm-hmm. um and uh first they were misery then they were cord then they were misery cord and in the misery era <laughs> Uh, my my imagination was, or the story that I told myself was, this is the youngest child of a, you know, uh, 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 an important house, medieval house, um, sent away to the the church. Was he just like, hey, you're not going to own anything. You're not even our spare heir. Get rid of him. Uh, and also, he's a piece of shit who likes to, like, run cons and steal stuff and backstab <laughs> people. Uh, and so I play confessor and I go dex uh, faith. Um, and I run that through and I'm playing in just like a truly backstab focused, uh, sneaky around using the thing that, that makes you quiet using the spell, the incantations that make you invisible. And I'd run that way until I meet Ronnie. And the thing that in my mind happens during that, you meet her click and her click has the energy so of like good. a 1992 straight to VHS, like anime <laughs> OVA villain crew. Like they are like the coolest bad guys. They're like, what if there was a Ninja Scroll two? They would be the villains. In it. Like, <laughs> it's like a hundred, like they look, they're like the bosses from a Ninja Gaiden game. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's mm-hmm. the vibe they have. And they seemed like they had their shit together and understood something about the world. And, you know, I think my character was, had this moment of like, oh, this is, 
they're not I thought I had a kind of cynical view of the world, which is like you take what's yours. Yes, there are gods, but you use them. You use their power to get what you need. Uh, and here is someone who believes in something else and who cast off part of her own divinity and ex- and, and brought up this kind of more rational intellectual part. Because understanding of the magic, uh, uh, which itself is divine in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. But like uh, that, that became her focus, and that's also when I found, excuse me, that's also when I found Moonvale, and so it was like, oh, this is calling to me. So I had also been wearing the red uh, Roderica. Uh, this enormous hood. damage boss killing sword that is going to artificially ratchet the game's difficulty yeah, yeah, yeah. down is yeah. calling to me. <laughs> it's calling to me. So I changed off the red hood for the blue hood and switched my build from faith. And I remade myself with the respec to go dropped my faith back down to nil picked up yeah. int very high up. Or maybe I held a little bit of faith to like still have like the basic heal because, you know, again, if my character is kind of utilitarian about it, like it works, but then went <laughs> hard into int and played that way for most of the game and was waiting and and, and Moonvale was so good that I was like, mm-hmm. I have to stop at some point. I need my off ramp. I need to find the reason. Um, and it was, you know, I played through most of the Ronnie stuff. Ronnie kind of wraps up her plot line. And then I start doing Selin's plot line, who is this mage, the sorcerer <laughs> uh, uh, trainer. And she is she teaches you great spells and also very clearly is like, oh, I can unlock the mysteries of the world. The, you know, the, my enemies have tried to stop me from learning the true good ancient <laughs> magic. Um, take me to the center of the school of magic. Uh, I'm going to depose of uh, Renala. Renala, is that the name yes. of? Yeah. Uh, and, and take my place at the head of the school. And it doesn't go well for her. You leave and come. I don't, did you do this one? Did either of you, any of you do this? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You finish her plot line and she's like – she's one of these mages with like the statue on her head, right? Mm-hmm. The like stone statue. Um, and there's a, there's all sorts of wild shit that happens that intersects with some of – with the shitty guy in Ronnie's crew. Um, so, Saluvius. Saluvius. Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, he has Heels her <laughs> real body or he has her clone body. You end up needing to get her her own body back to move her brain into her mind into it or whatever. Um, but eventually she's like, ah, yes, I've done it. Congratulations. We've done this together. You leave and you come back and she's been turned into one of those big orbs of all the st- the, um, the oh, no. statue the heads statue together. Heads, and yeah. it's just like groaning in pain. And, and <laughs> you can still purchase my character. <laughs> Right, she can still train you in spells. She can still train you. You can up. talk to her while yeah. she's in like, she's like immeasurable. Oh. She recognizes yes. you. My apprentice. Yes. She and doesn't so ask I, for death and release? No. So I was can like, you kill I gotta her? Get, I, mm, I never tried because she still has these spells I wanted to learn. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll kill the turtle pope, but I won't. I won't release this oh, woman from her. Endless damnation. I did not kill the turtle pope. I was going to say anyone. Patrick, anyone who killed the turtle kill pope, the turtle I will pope. be I fighting you the in the Colosseum <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could so, see someone killing the turtle pope easily. and not releasing this woman yes. from. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta get off this int shit. This this is no good. This I don't want to become an. Or- I don't want to become the blob. No, like maybe this works. What I so my character was like, okay. Really, I've taken the wrong lesson from Ronnie. Ronnie was not saying int is the way. Ronnie was saying that there's like a degree of knowing thyself. Like this is the this is who I can count on. I can count on myself. I can count on what my natural attributes are. And let me think about my path here. What is the one constant in my path from where I began to here? It's blood. It's just I'm covered <laughs> in it. I'm killing things. 
it's time to pursue the blood. Uh, so in some ways, Patrick, I was also trying to summon Bloodborne too. So at this point, this is still pre the blood weapons being patched. At launch, the arcane weapons did not scale. Okay. Pure arcane weapons scaled off of your arcane stat. But if you had a mm-hmm. weapon that scaled off of arcane and decks, like uh, the crimson, what's the blood? Rivers of blood. Rivers of blood. It didn't scale right. Um, but it had a really cool moveset and you could still blacksmith up to be pretty strong. So I had a few of those. and I was like, let me just try them out. Let me respec. I have so many respec tokens at this point. Like I respec eggs is what they are, I guess. <laughs> I, I could just redo this if it doesn't work out. But let me try it and let me just go do some content and see how it feels. And so what's the content that I go and do and stumble into? It is the blood domain. It is Moog's dungeon, right? And I'm and I'm like I'm like okay, well this is the test. If I can beat Moog's area while using blood weapons, I'm the new lord of blood. I will have deposed Moog and, and lifted up. I play through the whole zone. I don't know what's a good grinding spot, by the way. This ends up being a big grinding spot for people, yeah. I guess. I just play through it straight. It's a hard fucking thing to get yeah. through with that build. But I get there, and I beat Moog. I don't even use the special item to withstand his damage, his super what? damage thing. Nice. I beat nice. him, and I go, all right, I guess I'm sticking with this. The next day, the patch drops that fixes all <laughs> of the weapons. In my head, the canon is my character becomes the Lord of Blood and changes how blood works. Amazing. In the world. So congratulations. You know, you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Misericord fixed uh, blood weapons for everybody. (laughs) Wait, so I have a question. Beautiful. Yeah. When Misericord meets Moog and sees Mm -hmm. his whole fucking shit. Which sucks, by the way. Which sucks more but than it's fine because yeah, it sucks for a lot of reasons. But yeah. it's it's fine because the point, the realization that Misery Court came to was not was that these things don't have. It's that's not in the blood. That was in right. Moog, right? right? That's right, 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 Moog's right. use of the blood, uh, and and in the same way that Selin couldn't, you know, I I think Misery Court is confident. That he will not fall <laughs> into the same oh. pitfalls. Mm-hmm. That Mo- I mean, Moog fell into some pretty particular pitfalls, mm. let's say. That Lord <laughs> just, just is- associated with the wrong people, huh? And just let him down the wrong path. Well, I will I use don't the blood think responsibly. I used blood for good. I did use blood for good. It all worked out in the end, you know? Uh-huh. And there's no blood ending is the other thing. So it's not like I could even yeah. do a terrible blood thing. <laughs> Um, so yeah so then I I finished that game as an arcane build which is really fun Um, and I wish it had worked from the beginning because that was kind of what my initial thought was is that I would do arcane Uh, partly because the blood weapons seemed cool but also because like arcane makes drops happen more often and it felt Mm -hmm. like this is a big open world game would be the one where I want drops up you know drop rate up arcane is also scaling for the dragon shit which there is why go. at the end of the game, I, I switched to equal distribution between Arcane, Int, faith and, and Int. Faith. Wild. Yep. Faith, Very Int, fun. Arcane, and absolutely no Vigor. I did not, I, I have, I still have dog shit Vigor because, like, how, how come I can't low. beat this really powerful boss no, at the end of the game? No, I it's rebuke shocking. this. No, I rebuke this. I rebuke this whole. Uh-huh. No, yeah, because. I'm sure be- it's just part of your narrative that I just can't take more than half oh of a hit. God. You should try Rivers fight. of Blood on, on I her did. Because. I did. Okay. It did, not, it did not go. So that's the thing is that I switched to Rivers of Blood and it does oh. not go because I can parry in that fight. I know how oh. to parry Millennia. I can do that shit. What I cannot do is parry her perfectly in two phases. Like I can, I can win that damage rate. If I summon, I can win that damage race for the first phase. The second yeah, yeah, phase, yeah. I, I lose. It's hard. It's right. a tough one. 
And so I, I started trying to learn how to parry and I do it. I beat the first phase parrying second phase. That is not going to fucking, I'm not going to no. parry my way through the second my actual phase. suggestion for it. I know you've gotten a thousand suggestions is to be aggressive in that second phase. Oh yeah. It's to just get in her face and don't, it's just like you're gonna have to win the race. You can't yeah. win the technique. Like yeah. she's just—it's busted, you know. Yeah. Um, or learn how to learn oh. how to dodge waterfowl. <laughs> it's oh, I know doable. how to dodge waterfowl. <laughs> I know yeah, how. To- what if what if you don't really learn how to do that? <laughs> you you can know uh, how to you dodge do waterfowl and still not do it and still lose that fight. Yeah. yeah. Uh I had. Uh, it was one of the rare times I used mi- mimic tier. I I had an anti mimic tier oh, run. I rejected rejected. So. So anyway, that's a, that's a good way in explaining my character, which is very interesting. All, um, bravo to all of your narratives and, yeah. and your characters. Here's your deep lore. Give me your yeah. Give uh, me I d- none. Bust uh, I name all my I name all my characters in Souls games after uh, Odetta Holmes for the Dark Tower series. Just okay. imagining her going on multiverse adventures. But <laughs> the for me, like the point that I got to partially for for stopping it was was like work related, and then also was I was just bored and. I have a real problem, and this is true of all games, and this became especially problematic in Elden Ring. If you're not going to ask me to change my ways, I just won't. Um, and so, mm. where where the both of, the two of you found narrative off ramps to either uh, find ways to get around that, or because naturally you had a character that was changing over time, there was nothing in the game that was telling me you should change your approach because I was just steamrolling. Yeah everything um and so i got bored and like that became the impetus for finding a character that's still like i still like blades and so i like switched up those and we found some other things but and the the reasons for that are are, aren't that interesting except that because this game was so long i i played a full souls games worth with this build and then went yeah this is getting kind of boring because i'm just doing the same thing over and over again and I don't, you know, I am curious if some of that is related to having to accommodate so many different build combinations, uh, enemy types, like boss designs that they can't more reasonably put in. Not just sometimes there are difficulty checks, and then there are other times there are build checks that are did essentially you do, like. Did you do the Volcano Manor like hunts at all? The like hunt down Volcano Manor has the the like you go and assassinate a bunch of other tarnished basically. Well, th- this relates to another complaint of the game that I have is that I just made my way to Volcano Manor by accident, right? And then got there and then just like completely killed that quest yeah. without knowing that I could have, and that's a separate I mean, frustration I, I of, that, of me, how it handles. Like, I think that that's a way you should you can do the volcano manor stuff mm-hmm. that feels way different because you don't teleport inside of it. And I don't to me that's like okay. I'm glad that that run exists. I guess I would have rather you have the choice be very clear that you're doing. Yeah, the I didn't choose the that. Other. I just right, found out right. after the fact that a quest was, was borked yeah. because I just well, happened to go a certain direction. That was there was one fight in that string of things where you fight Dialos's brother. Dialos is the is ends up being tied to the Jarberg quest line. Mm-hmm. You meet him in the middle. So his brother is one of the thing the people you go and kill. And his brother had my fucking number, even though I was in Moonvale <laughs> mode at that point. Mm-hmm. I, he has like – he's like a Castlevania – he's like a, a Belmont. He has like two 
great whips that he just beats the shit out of you with. And no one I know had trouble with that fight. But my Moonveil build just couldn't. It was like Moonveil is so predicated on being faster and having long reach. Mm -hmm. And it was like not as fast as a whip. And the whip has longer reach and it makes you bleed. (laughs) And I could not beat it. Like I had to change up. I had to like switch to a different weapon. I went back to like the curved, the whatever, Wolf's Greatsword, the curved Mm -hmm. greatsword that does Mm -hmm. that cool backflip attack. Um, But the... It was like, okay, so they can design around Moonvale. There is a build that they could put you up against. And this is the only example of it in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's just, there's just so shit, much. There's so many weapons. Yeah. There's so yeah. many different ways to play the game that it's 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 an unreasonable ask for it. But it's just and part of it is because I kept waiting. I kind of hoped in the the, the like five months I took off from the game, well, they'll just nerf this. Like yeah. it is clearly not just that I stumbled into a, a like a high performing build, but actually it's too high performing. Mm-hmm. Like it, like if that if that katana was like they did nerf Moonvale katana. Like they I did. came back to the game after, but they no, like that's no. not it's <laughs> not nerfing. It was still ultra powerful, and so which at that, that point was feels like a choice, right? Like at that point. You know, that that company, Miyazaki has talked about this. I think maybe some other people have too, that they don't like giving difficulty options. They like giving options for how you build your character. Mm-hmm. And to them, that serves that that purpose. Go grind more, put more points into this thing. Hey, ranged magic is such a benefit in the first 30 hours of the game. Get yourself some of that. They like giving you the opportunity to build a character to give yourself the difficulty thing that you, that you want. And I can see them thinking about that and saying, yeah, Moonveil is a weapon that's very strong. Have fun. Have Go fun. through the rest of the, yeah. And I think that I fully get that. I, get I know that. a lot of people that did do that, especially right. if there was like their first time in a Souls game was like, hey, I have three big meteors and I have a Moonveil Katana. Yep. <laughs> I just fuck everybody up. Totally. And I get that. But I also, I'm with you in that like, it would have been cool to keep using that weapon and have it actually just be balanced in a different way. And it would be cool if that this game, I'm also someone who's like, it would be cool if this game had difficulty options still. I'm still on that, on that Absolutely. train, frankly. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm with you. Kato, did you uh, have a, a, like, what was the arc for yeah. your character? Um, so I started as a prisoner, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which the, the background on that is sort of that you were like a noble, right? Because that's mm-hmm. usually who got trained for magic. Um, and legitimately, and then like, I basically imagined the, the kind of fall from like being a noble to like, you know, just being in prison, being the thing that kind of unlocks this like path towards, all right, the current order sucks actually, (laughs) even, even as an ex noble, I'm like, fuck this shit. Uh, I'm going to figure something out else out. And there weren't, there aren't a lot of like early, early, um, uh, uh, kind of markers towards something other than being an Elden ro- Lord until you hit Ronnie, right? Like, that's the first yeah, big one, yeah. I feel like. Um, and then you also get like some of that with the Volcano Manor people, uh, kind of following up on that of like, oh, actually, there are people who <laughs> would possibly break the Golden Order or like find a different way to do that. Um, but it was mostly like. Uh, kind of following uh Saluvia, the, the the one who turns into the the big uh graven image at the end of of her quest, right? Saluvia or Selen, Selen, um, Selen, Selen, yeah. And being mostly all in on like, okay, like I I was put in prison for my magics, but I don't think I think that's that was bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and then 
seeing the end of her quest and being like, wait, maybe it's not entirely bullshit. And realizing that Ronnie's magic, Ronnie's cold magic specifically, uh, comes from a different source, right? Like the, right. the, 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 the magic that they're kind of pulling from the earth with the glint stone is this thing that they think they can control. And then it ends up, you know, morphing them and changing them. But Ronnie's kind of old, almost older than the, earth it felt like you know because it comes from the stars and mm-hmm. um basically running through ronnie's entire quest made the made the switch like it, it uh, the build never changed but the thought around why the build existed uh-huh. does because it, it was always into decks basically yeah, that's cool. I, and like i really hard went into when it went into into it's mostly int and a little bit of decks I only hit like I hit like uh, seventy five in my int. Um, you were helping. You were helping pushing me in that direction. Yeah. I got. I became <laughs> so motivated to um, like I want to throw moons at people. Yeah, is it all that useful or effective? No. no. Yes, but it you, is. You no, get it to is. Throw if you're moons at people, <laughs> I here's the th- here's the thing that I ended up being able to do though. Okay, like this is um, uh, the mo- what what it really is is a debuff. And when you oh, right right when you right. hit so you combine that properly and take advantage of it like uh, I put into my my uh, flask that 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 mm-hmm. thing that gives you unlimited MP for a second mm-hmm. and you know what have you know what hurts when you're weak to magic a kamehameha to the face uh-huh. for like a yeah, minute yeah, straight yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's know? what I, I was, like, that is so that uh, speak to the uh, millennia question like that's how I ended up beating her in the second phase was just like I would get to the second phase gulp that and then just (laughs) and like it went one of two ways uh the couple of times that it connected it was like i have just melted her down where i just have to survive like one one little bit with her and and i i can i can take this over or i you watch as like your foot was slightly on a little bit of a rock and it's just like all the way to the left and you've just spent 10 seconds like (laughs) wasting an entire successful successful first phase with her um and then uh, you know, I go through the entire Ronnie because I get her sword, the the sword of flame and night. No, the the no? Mo- her her sword, the moon. Oh, veil. The, the great sword. Yeah, the, the, moon, the moon, not moon veil. What's it called? The moon. Uh, this is the this is the one. This is I, the classic. Right, the, the one that's in all sword. of them. <laughs> I can't remember no, the no, name no, of no, it. No, no, Oh my god, why am I blanking? Why are we doing? I this use right it. Now? What is it called? I said it on Moonlight. The, the other day, moonlight great great sword. sword. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, there by my side all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> I, I never found Moonvale. So, like, I I luckily avoided that, I guess, because it would have been really easy because I'm already building in mm-hmm. desk. I, I, yeah, you, I made my own. At the second I met Ronnie, I made my own cold katana because the game allows you to add, right. uh, you know, effects to it when you have that uh, specific, uh, um, what's it called, the, the whetstone. You could put cold mm-hmm. on it. So I made like the katana, which was just the regular Uchi katana, into a cold katana when I started her quest. I was like, all right, this is it. We're going cold mode. Um It's kinda of wild that you can you can miss those things. Right. Right. Like every time I would find one <laughs> hidden away, like in just a random room, I'd be like, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's just here. It's just here. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, I, I the the I ran with Moonlight Greatsword for most of the game until I got to millennia and i ran mostly like in general it's a good sword you convinced me to switch good. like as we were yeah. co-streaming yes you were like 
Like, okay, like, what, what how, you know, how about it, you try it, it this? Feels and I was like, different. it's a good story. <laughs> but it, it feels very, right. the thing is, as I was telling Kato, I was like, Kato, you just, you just gave me a bigger version <laughs> of the weapon I already had. Like, a little functional, bit. Like, a little part of what I was looking for is like mechanical changes to how uh-huh. I was fighting. Yeah. All I'm doing is swinging a little slower, and then all, like, <laughs> frankly, I actually think but it might be a debuff. Yeah, I did want it, but, but, but yeah, but then you could also shoot this like sword laser, you know, like you know that, that right. little. But you have to charge it, you know. You have to you find the space to, to charge it up first, and then yeah, yeah. It was a fun sword. It was it was uh, different enough to to get me back in the game. Yeah, um, and most of the 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 way that I play this game in general, like I generally only ever summon like if i've had like five shots at a boss and like i just really like like it's not gonna summon happen. like friends or summon like random the, the, mecha- the main oh okay all right yeah, so i do want to get your, into but not no, your i mean i use like, i use the mimic tier all like throughout like it's okay, okay. let's <laughs> like, set that aside i do want to talk about we'll summons we'll, we'll yeah, use yeah. that as a we'll yeah, get yeah, to that yeah. next um and i had found that most through most of this game, I hadn't needed to, right? Like, usually in, in Dark Souls, there'll be, like, a mid-game fight where I'm like, fuck it, it's time. Let's get some fr- <laughs> jolly cooperation. Let's go. I'll do a, I'll do a couple runs for other people, and then I'll, like, wait for to connect to someone. That's the way you, like, lift Millennia the, 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 was the, the weight off your conscience is, like, mm-hmm. I'll help some other people, and then I don't feel yeah, yeah, guilty I, that I had to get, I didn't get good for this yeah, fight. exactly. <laughs> Millennia was that fight yeah. for me. Millennia yeah. was finally the one where I'm like, this I cannot. I cannot alone. I cannot with the mimic tier. And I got two. I brought two people in. Like I, I summoned twice. I, That's I had a so much full squad. It doesn't matter though. Once you lock her down, like and she can't. Oh. Like she's easy to posture. You break. can bully her. You Absolutely. Should, yeah, her stamina. But the closest yeah. I got alone was actually using the um the there's like this uh, summon that's the cold dolls they have like um, oh yeah 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 they have like whips and stuff and they posture break her and like she falls over uh, when when you when you're fighting just with them, asleep, yeah, I will take like, a nap. Just like gets knocked down, and you're like, holy shit! And that's the closest I ever got alone was with that summon. But I couldn't never in the second the second phase always like totally wiped me out. So with having to like pick up three people to follow along, like changed again because like the whole thing with Ronnie is like you're marrying her and it's gonna be a very solitary existence after you uh go off but it's gonna be the two of you like you're her like special concert uh and you're gonna go off into space basically and you know exist among the stars um Millennia changed that for me and that that was the first time I used a a larval tier I totally swapped to full I, I did it to the inverse I did Full Dex, Little Int, uh, and ran through, like, basically most of, until I got to the Beast Clergyman, basically, from then on. Mm. Um, and then I couldn't fucking do it with the Beast Clergyman. Um, it was very funny that you meant, you keep mentioning uh, uh, Blood- Bloodborne because that's basically what her rune is. And like mm-hmm. I had a really good time right. actually playing the game like it was Bloodborne all of a sudden by using her sword and her rune and just like getting in everyone's face and in fucking crumbling fire Missoula. Yeah, get that health back. Yeah. Um yeah. But then the beast clergyman broke me and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ever left Ronnie. I'm sorry. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> I went, crawling back. Crawling right back. I was like oh. 
and I, like I beat him first try with the moonlight great sword. Was like, this wow. is the way. This is it. This <laughs> is how. It, this is that role. This is what we're doing. Um, and you know, I didn't. You know, your faith was shaken, but it, you returned. Yeah, That's yeah. I'm like, thanks, Millennia, for showing me a different way. But like, I'm good. This is it. <laughs> it rules that you did that on Malakath too. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Malakath yeah. is the one yes. who gets beat by Ronnie. <laughs> In- incredible, delicious. I, Make I, a meal of it. It's so that good. That reveal like got me. I had I had done all of the beast clergymen. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> The given the death root yep. stuff, yeah. like, that's my homie. That's the homie. That's you know what right? I mean? Like yeah. he's going through it a little bit, but he got through it. And then when he showed up, I was like, "No, not you!" And there's like, "No, it's you!" Yeah. <laughs> I popped so hard. Not only uh-huh. is it you, but also the shit you do sucks. Yeah, you dude. are, you are, and mm, so good. But it's that, but he's a dog. It? He's he's like blithe. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, he's not right, he doesn't. Right. He's not free from it. God, the blithe, blithe stuff is so good. This, this is something I like. <laughs> we don't we don't need to pivot to talk about story stuff, but stuff like that. That the, I don't talk about this in this way about most Dark Souls games. Right. If I, you, you have know, a favorite one, I like this is the time. Like if you had like I would be my you favorite know. thing in the game is the thing that Tanith tells you when you're doing the Volcano Manor stuff. I already have it pulled up. I'm going to tell you this right now, which <laughs> is. So the Volcano Manor stuff is you're going out and you're killing people, other tarnished who are on the route to try to fix the the. Uh, Gold the or, what is the actual thing you're fixing? The um, the Ur- the Elden Ring, I guess, yeah, right? Duh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she says, I see you've performed another task for us. Here's your usual reward. She gives you a, a weapon. Now, now uh, perhaps the time has come to tell you of the true ruler of the manor, Lord Rikard. The Erd Tree blessed, blessed the Tarnished with grace, but it was all too meager. In the fate of the enormity of their task, the Tarnished were forced to scavenge, squabbling for crumbs, like the shard bearers vying for power in the wake of the shattering. Our Lord indignant had refused to scurry about fighting over what miserly scraps they allow us. If the Erd Tree and indeed the very gods would debase us so, then we are willing to raise the banner of resistance, even if it means heresy. We at the Volcano Manor Manor under Lord Reichert, Reichert not under Lord Reichert, under Lord Reichard, uh, have sworn no rest until it is done. Da, 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 da. I love meeting a character in a game that is like they want us to play fucking Dark Souls. They want us to go around squabbling for miserly scraps. <laughs> they want us to like go like backstab each other and pick up souls and level up and then go do their bullshit video game nonsense. And for me, that ends up interlocking so well with Gideon, Sir Gideon the All-Knowing, yeah. who is... He is the all-knowing because he is the video game fan. He knows all the boss lore. Yeah. He watched all of the Vadi video. Like, Vadi, the, like, he's an he editor on fucking Fextral Life or whatever. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking Fextral Life editor, dog. Like, that, and he just uses other people's bullshit. And, and uh-huh. then I just washed him. Like, he was nothing to me. Oh, my God. The easiest through. fight in the Ooh. whole fucking game. So beautiful. I love... So he that's he tries to go... Does, uh, he like fucking tried to do millennia's shit to me, and I'm like, what the, what the fuck is this? What are you doing? I mean, millennia, you're nothing. You're to nothing. Me. Come on. <laughs> that fight was a special joy as a character who was built around genuine belief in those things. Right. And so, like, I got to that fight, and I was like, oh, you think you can use a bunch of magic bullshit? I am going to be six kinds of dragon directly on top of you. What the fuck do you, what do you think this is? Get his ass. Oh, you could use spells? Cool, bro. I can turn into a dragon later. Later, dog, later. You are rotted. I use rot breath on you. You're done. You're done. Bye. You're done. You're done. And he's, the thing about him that I also like is like, 
his motivation is to maintain the game for as long as possible. He does not want someone going forward and finishing the game. He wants this. This is the good status quo for him. A tarnished should not be. It is not just a, he goes, a tarnished cannot become a lord. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. What he says is a tarnished cannot become a lord, but what he fundamentally means is a tarnished should not become a lord. Because like Correct. that is his that is the foundation of his ideology, is that people should not be anything else, right? This is part of why he wipes out the village of the Albanorix, who are trying mm-hmm. to become something else, who are mm-hmm. trying to like have this other identity. And he's like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna send my daughter to go to that village. And then she gets there and she's like, what do you fucking do, bro? <laughs> because he sucks shit. That is the only thing he cares about. It's it's so good. Yeah. God, I, I hate that it. motherfucker. Yeah. I wanted to kill him in the round table hole. <laughs> I, really, I really thought about it. He also sends an assassin to he get you. He does send you. an assassin at you. That's a great moment. Loading into the round table hole and everything goes dark and you're like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What is so good? Hello? <laughs> I, man, I, the round table hole, I, I really did not like it early in the game. I, di- I did not like the round table hole because it did not have, for me the sense of place that mm. any of the game's other hubs did um, in, in any game in the series, right? The Hunter's Dream feels like the only the Hunter's Dream does. Majula is Majula. People never shut the fuck up about it for good reason, mm-hmm. right? P- yeah, sen- people. Yeah, people. <laughs> I also never shut the fuck up about <laughs> yeah. yeah. But even though, uh, you know, all, all of those games, you're right, have a hub that feels like it's in a place and it is a place and people are passing through it. The Hunter's Dream less so, but at least the Hunter's the Hunter's I mean, it's really important. Um the round table hold is inside, right? Mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. even uh Firelink Shrine in Dark Souls 3, which has a lot of inside areas, is still in a place where you could yeah. you know where the outside is in relation to it, you know? Right. It, it feels of a place. It feels yeah. of the yes. world and yes. round table hold never did that for me until until yeah. until you get the assassination and then after you light the tree on fire. And that was that was a moment that hit me just a couple days ago, way harder than I thought it would. Because when you get to Round Table Hold and it is burning, you walk in there, and my my guy Hugh, oh, fucking my, my po- that shit was heartbreaking yeah. to me to find Hugh, but also the Spirit Girl who was just like, uh, he won't leave. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, but, and it's interesting because by that point, leaving is what is is what that place is marked by. Like the beginning of that game, it, my current say I'm like 12 hours in or something. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, everybody is there. Right. Dialos is there. D is there. Uh, Rogier D. is there. <laughs> uh, Fia is there. Mm-hmm. You know, Rodrika, the spirit tuning girl is there. The Hugh is there. The two fingers are there. It's just Rogier. everybody is there. Right, yeah, right, right, totally. <laughs> the dung eater is there hiding behind his... Er- in uh, his this is like the when they, people had that uh, Spotify concert generator. Like, everybody is here <laughs> everybody for three days here. of roundtable yeah. home. <laughs> Headlining tonight, bit. the dung eater! But bit by bit, it's like, all right, dung eater gets out. Uh, Ro- uh, Rogier dies. Yeah. D goes off to go do his shit. Like, everybody bounces, and it becomes this empty place for most of the game. Yeah. Uh, and, and and Hugh can't leave. Hugh is chained to that motherfucker. And that's very sad. And well, not even, good. though, too. But but, the, but still. Right. The is material. Actually, I thought he was chained. No, no. no the ma- material chain gets broken. Yeah. That's oh, the, that's right. the, that is the tragedy right. of that, is right. that she, is that Rodrika goes, 
the chain is broken and he right. still he doesn't understand yeah. that the chain is broken. Yes. And like oh. this is also part of like the great tragedy of the omens is that oh, like the omens they are great. fucking dis- fundamentally instrumentalized by the golden order. That is the only thing they have ever been is instrumentalized by this specific state power. So much so that the most like valorous version of the omens, the, the ones that are even portrayed as valorous by the game, are always people who have become so invested in the Golden Order that they cannot see themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. This is um, Morgoth. This is um, uh, you fight Morgoth twice, man. The you fight that- Morgoth twice. You fight. I mean, you fight Morgoth three times three in times. a sense because you because he's Margot and. And then you also fight him like randomly in a dark zone that one time in, in Landell. You just like are moving through the outskirts yeah. of Landell, and you're like, "Oh, cool!" And then you just hear <laughs> Morgoth's voice. You're like, "Oh shit, that's Morgoth's music. That's Morgoth. I gotta, I gotta go." I think um, this. I think very quick. Just that reminded me one of my favorite things about this game, and one of the things that I feel like they use the open world for well is the surprise this boss is now just a fucking enemy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love mm-hmm. it when they do that. And they, I feel like they did it more and like at a bigger scale. Uh, the fucking, the first time I ran into, you know, the, the fox in, in the fucking academy that mm-hmm. fucking uh, blows magic at you. The first time I ran into one of those outdoors, I'm like, fuck, no, not you again. But then, but then I could just get on my fucking horse and be like, yeah, try to hit me with magic mm-hmm. now, motherfucker. <laughs> My biggest complaint about, by the way, the the final boss, the Elden Beast, is yeah. one of my biggest complaints. I don't think it's a good final boss, but no. I think it would be that much better if you got your horse. The horse, it. yeah, I, I missed. It feels it. like it's built for it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you spend so much time. I mean, it, I wish they did more with Torrent. Like, I wish you could customize yes. Torrent. I wish Torrent yeah. had some sort of personality. Like, I wish there was a quest that gave you a little more sense of. What's Torrent's deal? Torrent. Like, yeah, uh, let's hang, you, let's talk. Do you want me to release you to go run with other ghost horses? Like, you know, what's going on? And I, it really felt like that fight. There's been speculate people have, like data mined the game, like trying mm. to figure out like d- this really feels like a fight that was meant to be you, Torrent. Let's let's yeah. go. Let's let's finish this together. And uh, granted, that fight would have been a lot easier probably with Torrent, but. That's fine. Like it feels like frustratingly limited, given like the giant open space. Yeah, um, exactly. Seems fit for the two of you to work together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was scrolling through to figure out, like, even though yes, I'm not a big lore person, but when I think back about like emotional moments in this game, it's like I love my man with the prawns. Oh my <laughs> god! Yes, that dude rules so much. Blackguard. <laughs> I had to look up his name. I did not did not internalize it. Blackguard Big Bogger. You know, yeah. my boy, <laughs> big bogger. Uh, He's and, so good and, because when you first meet him, you're like, I don't trust this guy. And by the <laughs> end, like, I'm going back there just buying prawns. I'm not eating. We're these trying things. to hang out. I'm just, I just, I. Do will you like me if I buy ten pounds of of prawns? And then the fact that you know he gets tied up in the dung eater quest uh-huh. and. Uh, and ends up you know eating mm-hmm. it you know uh, by the lake uh, towards the end. They're like just. Made me sad. I was like, yeah. that's not the end I wanted for this character. Like, in fact, like it when I was reading through Dung either that uh, much more sweeter. <laughs> just like it was so, uh, in the in the in the Fextra life like entry for Bogart, there is like a whole section that is like, okay, so here's how you can trick it so that the like you can keep him alive. Keep him alive. So it's <laughs> so it says, um, 
Alternatively, you can save Bogart by aggroing him at the Leyland Moat before freeing the Dung Eater in his cell. Once you defeated the Dung Eater during his invasion and have fed Dung Eater's uh, corpore- corporeal body, uh, Selvis' potion, and or killed him in his cell, uh, head to the Church of Vows to absolve your sin and make Bogart friendly again. You will miss out on the se- seedbed curse and Bogart's item drops, but Bogart will be alive and he continues to sell prawns to you as usual. So, like, I had yes. no, did not <laughs> know so you funny. could go and do that. I, I actually like... Yeah. I, it makes me sad. I liked the way it went out. It was like a much more like t- a touching uh, arc as sad as it was. But um, yeah, Bogart was like one of those uh, like it's not a grand side quest, but nope. it was like one of those little characters. And I just wish, you know, and this one of those things where they opened the door to making this stuff a little easier and trackable. And I feel like they need to push it a little further because mm-hmm. so, there has got to be a way to balance players missing things and maintaining a sense of mystery without the frustration of like my volcano manor stuff of like, well, I just broke a, a giant side quest. Cause I had no idea it was even like a possibility. And I, I feel right. like things mm-hmm. like with the map, like things like with the, you know, the like essentially a big golden arrow leading you through the main path of the game from is proven over and over again. There are ways of, allowing you to engage with the game more fully that will not lose the inherent mystery and and like magical kind of nature of the worlds they build yeah. and like the fact that it was a glitch that like the characters the the, the NPCs were not on the map cuz it made sense on its face that they weren't there it's like yep. of course they wouldn't put them on the map like mark that shit yourself and then when it was like no 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 like we we definitely meant for people to be able to see that because they, they just moved. sort of suggest they could go, they could go a couple steps further yeah um yeah. and just make I hope that, that that's stuff a, lesson a little, that they little easier here. you know like I I do think it would it, one step further for me is like let me click on a button that says here are all the NPCs already on your map yeah you, know, you have to tell me if they're not there you know what I mean you don't you right. don't have to point me to someone who I haven't run into yet but if you're gonna give me them on the map. I don't I wouldn't mind there being another tab that just like button through the NPCs in the same way that you can button through all of the teleportation spots, you know? Yeah. I um, really there's a, lot, there's a lot of those. I really tried my best to like not look things up for this one and try to see if they're how naturally you can make it through some of the quests. And the one of the things that broke me early on was going to Nocris uh, and expecting Blade mm. to be there because he says meet me down there. And I'm he like I that. can't find him. I, can't, I don't want to, like, <laughs> he's my boy. I'm not going to leave without making sure I didn't just miss him somehow. And I, I went and looked it up, and I was like, oh, no, he's not there. He isn't there. He's just missing, and you're supposed to go find out what happened to him later. But but it was, like, this moment of, like, I, I've tried my best to not, you know, look ahead, basically, in the story. Mm-hmm. And that... I don't know how you fix that specific issue for that quest, but it does feel like they're right on because the precipice of it being. That's a more, quest for him not being there. Is on. You don't want him to show up on the. You can go find him in that moment. Did you have you seen that footage? No, in in Nocris? When no, when you're you're when he is supposed to. You're supposed to meet him in Nocris, but he actually gets locked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, you yeah. can go. Uh, you can go find him. He's in the Everjail. In the Everjail. First meet him. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So the, and it, that's one of those things where it's like they you wouldn't want to follow a quest log that takes you there because the thing that they're supposed to be communicating is he's supposed to be there and he isn't there. Right. And that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. They could figure the something out. Well, right? I mean, even well, I mean, in a in. in in most video games, what would happen is someone would say out loud, huh, 
Blythe's Wise. supposed to be here, but he isn't. Right. Let's just keep going for to now. To signal right? to you that you didn't miss something. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, exactly. But even, exactly. but even, yeah, even just like the, I don't know. I don't think he's, he's not marked when he's in the jail though, is the thing too. No. Right. He's not no, on the no. map. Yeah. That yeah. would be maybe a thing like, maybe I, sc- I, like I did, I scoured the map just to see if I could find his label anywhere and it wasn't anywhere. So that yeah. was why I was worried. But maybe if you like see it in the jail and be like, wait, what? And then you like go find out. Like I think that still holds together that like oh he he said here, but he's actually over there. Kind of surprised to it still. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're close. They're very close. I I did a mm-hmm. lot of the quests without needing to look things up. Uh, I think some one of the later Ronnie steps I had to double check, but I was still right, and I was like, ha. <laughs> like that's all the shit where you're like, you have to sit at the campfire and talk to her. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that stuff. one drove like when, <laughs> when I was I was about to get up from the campfire and I was like, sit down, talk to her again. Talk, and I'm like, I you, okay, you I did it. Like, times, talk right? to her another right. time. They right. do it. They right. they oh. they they. I feel like early on, I would notice that. There was a more, there was more of that sort of, you talk to an NPC and you like right. leave the di- di- dialogue, but if you talk to them again, they have another line. So like, I just started to do that with everyone until I knew for sure that there was not going to be anything. Like until I got a repeat, like three times in a row, I was like, okay, that's it. They're done. Yeah. So I hit the running one just being like, are we sure? <laughs> like I was already kind of, of right. doing I feel that bad for newcomers because there's yeah. just, there was Otherwise, no way like, for you to even no, put that together. No, you've talked to it once. It's like dot, dot, dot. It's just a doll. It doesn't talk. Walk away. Oh. I totally <laughs> see that. But for me, it just yeah. happened to work. <sighs> and I kind of see what maybe they were going for as far as like signaling that a little bit more with a lot of the other NPCs. But it, it, it's not super clear. I just uh, got Ren, lucky. you had a point you were trying to make. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> right. Time. Well, it was We've a great point anyway. Off. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, before we get to some some questions that people wrote in, uh, you know, we, the summons did come up. And, we should oh, go ahead, Kata. We should take a you quick take a break. break. <laughs> Let's take a break. Okay, well, this is not going to be an even podcast, but this will be a break. Uh, we'll be <laughs> right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, and we are back. Uh, I, I wanted to briefly touch on summons. You know, Kato mentioned yep. the idea of wanting to play a boss, you know, a handful of times before you kind of hit a wall and then summoning another player in for jolly cooperation. And that prompted me to have the natural reaction of like, wait, are you playing this game where you don't use like the summon mechanic in which like spirit the, ashes, the spirit ashes in which. Uh, uh, you know, from software has, I think these, this series has always had attention. And part of this is like audience get good aggro behavior, uh, in which, uh, you should play these games by yourself 
Uh, they're lonely, isolating worlds, and you should be lonely and isolated yourself and play these games solo. And that's that that means you have played them correctly. I do like playing that way. I have beaten all of these games uh, broadly by myself that changed with Elden Ring. And partially it's because my life's in a different place. The game is really long. And I was like, I can't give five hours to this boss fight. Like, let's let's keep moving. But also, it almost felt like From Software tipping the scales to finally and clearly communicate to its audience, like, hey, like they never really weighed in to the like Miyazaki always sidesteps a lot of the difficulty debate and the and the discourse that happens around their games. But I couldn't help but look at the actual design of Elden Ring, in which very loudly and clearly they say we are gonna ba- we are going to explicitly balance these boss fights where you are going to have characters with you, whether they are humans or spirits, but you are not alone and you are going to do this together. You don't have to use the, the the spirits, but it is very much the game screaming in your face. This is a central part of the experience. You're going to be missing something unless you have these with you, both from mm-hmm. a difficulty point of view and I think just from like a thematic point of, of view is yes. like have, having cooperators with you. And so that itself ended up pushing me in a direction of not more often than not, but way more times than I would have normally not only summoning, you know, my buds uh, that I, my spirit ashes, like shout outs to the shield boys, <laughs> SB's in the chat. Um, I went, so this side note to this is just in my, in my a pursuit of playing the game differently on purpose. I, I was very anti-mimic tier unless mimic tier became my summon someone to help it was like, mm, okay, if we're right. hitting a wall, I'll use Mimic Tear because it felt like a, uh, I don't want to, I'm not using the word cheat in a way that like is meant to denigrate anyone that used it. I was like just trying to create an artificial wall for myself because yeah. I wanted to try and use summons or spirit ashes that were deliberately sort of weird. And so I liked spending time like bullying a boss and just setting them up for the shield boys to just do, 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 do. <laughs> and so it was always so joyous to like, just I'm just massaging the boss so the spirit boy the, the, the for the shield boys to just take them out and then we could all just <laughs> celebrate together when they got those last couple of hits in and so I'm just curious where everyone kind of fell on the spectrum of the spirit ashes summoning help you know invading all that sort of stuff Ren I, I know you had uh, raised a hand there oh yeah so I had a I had a I had a companion in this game mm-hmm. I had a car- I had a spirit ash who I was like this is this character is my ride or die. I am sticking with them throughout the entirety of this game. The only times I did not use them is when I had to use the mimic tier. That was my that was my role, uh, and that is the ancestral follower ashes, which is the Ooh. set of ashes you get from beating the ancestor spirit. Uh, because that was again a, a big like a emo- both my favorite part of the game because I love the oh, Seal for River, the, the big boy with the bow, yeah, the big boy with the bow. <laughs> oh, he oh, was great. Yeah. My my whole read of that situation was you beat the ancestor spirit and the spirit is like, all right. I will go with you now. We are we are that like the ancestral follower is the ancestor spirit to me is being like, all right, let's go. Let's 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 do this. Let's tear this <laughs> um, shit down. <laughs> exactly. And so like that was also a like a mechanical turning part of the sh- shift to my int build was realizing that the ancestor uh the ancestral spirits and like the spirit zone was all int magic it was mm-hmm. all magic and not faith and that was like a big part of that uh that character turn right but 
the thing I love about the about the uh, spirit ashes is that Patrick's right. They are weird. They're weird little freaks whose job it is to accom- to like accompany and like <sighs> complement your build, right? Mm-hmm. I used yep. the ancestral follower who had this big fuck off bow that staggered people because I was using weapons that benefited from having a sniper to stagger someone to give me a breather. I played an extremely low health character the entire game. Getting hit was rarely an option, and so the. <laughs> The ancestor, uh, the ancestral follower made opportunities for me to heal, right? I take a hit. I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. And so at that moment, ancestral spirit, my, my, my buddy, bop, <laughs> boss gets staggered. I have a second. I slam the potion. I get back into absolutely like damage rushing, uh, the boss and like that it was both mechanical and narrative absolutely rules. And I think that, like, regardless of whether or not you, like, had a, a like, a big, deep role-playing-esque uh, character, I think that everybody, if you used Spirit Ashes, had your bro. Like, yeah, you had your buddy who was like, this is the I, one I bring with me. How could you not I, feel about that? A jellyfish. I mean, it's oh, a jellyfish. jellyfish. <laughs> Did you finish the jellyfish quest? Yes. I don't want to oh. talk about it because I'll start crying on this it's podcast. So good. It's so good. I had um I found Lutel the headless very early yes. on. She's one of those like headless folks with like the She's cool so like laurel cool. like wings and then like the big spear and she mm. can do like a oh, I magic don't think I got attack. this one. She's, She's so nice. very oh, yeah. cool, but she was very expensive in terms of how much FP she needed. So mm. it forced me. I was like, I'm gonna use her. I got her really early. I'm gonna <laughs> use her. She's gonna be OP. So I dumped <laughs> points into FP very early, which helped push me towards a magic heavy build because it meant I could folk I could summon her out, and then and then the next time I used the magic potion, I would have a ton of magic to play with. So that was a big part of why I ended up leaning into all the different magic stuff I did. Um, and I think it also speaks, you know, Ren, you were saying, even if you, you know, you're saying that, that your selection complemented your build and also that even if you're not role playing, you have bros. And I think that that idea of like, and you've also talked about the player expressivity a lot. I think that's to me like the heart of what Elden Ring has been is more than the other games. It gives you that space and a lot of time and and the resources to explore build variation in so many little ways that are not costly. Uh, the fact that you can change arts of war on your weapons yes. for free, basically, and change what their stat scaling is and change what your wondrous flask or physic does mm-hmm. and change what spirit uh, summon you have with you. There's all of this flexibility and some of it existed before, like, I think about people who played previous Dark Souls games that never changed their weapon, like uh, their weapon affinity at all. They never like went to a fire sword or if they built a fire sword. They would never think about then turning it into a magic build sword. Whereas here, it's just like, oh, yeah, we just swap it over and put the different ash on it and then switch the mode over. And that's free. You just do that once you have the stuff to do it. And to me, that encourages such a more playful expressivity uh, of like, who is my character? And not just in a lorry way, the way that like Ren and I get into our heads about it, but just in a like, what do I want to fucking fun? do out here? What do, what, I'm yeah. going to go fight a couple enemies, and and then I'm not spending currency. Totally. I'm not spending something. I'm going to totally. grind for yeah. drops. It's 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 like the opposite of the blood vial problem. Is like no, it's just it, like, it is the yes, yes. Well, like and early on too, you know, before I got really into the faith stuff, 
I said my, my biggest, the weapon I came back to, in fact, I ended up using this in the final boss was uh, not not the blood one because the final boss is really strong against arcane or fairly strong against some of the arcane stuff, but the curved great, the whatever, Watchdog's greatsword, mm. uh, this big curved greatsword that lets you do a sick backflip. Yeah. And it also does a lot of bleed and bleed was also very OP at the beginning when this game first came out. Yeah, and so the, <laughs> the before I had Lutel and even through a lot of the game, those little fucking imps, those little gremlin guys <laughs> yeah. that get up on somebody and make them bleed because bleed was such a powerful thing and it's like okay that's a different era of my character i was in my bleed era <laughs> and it was great and like what music stuff, are we listening to in the bleed era <laughs> i think it's i think that's a lot of like uh emo rap that's big mm-hmm. goth boy click era that's okay. very like you're in your feelings the lights are off you know uh it's it's and i love that about this game that like there is all of that and again like like i said you were like i don't think i ever found lutel everybody i talked to has found some summon that i never ran into or yeah. maybe i mm. ran into it but never tried and they love did y'all get the albinoric girl i don't think so yeah so they, oh, what's oh, her yes. face I, yes the, yes 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 go ahead explain what this is because i wish there were more things as different as this so there is a character i was i was looking this up because i was trying to find the lore for the albinoric so i could be accurate when i was talking about why uh uh sir gideon is a piece of shit um <laughs> uh i believe it's loretta right latena Latena, thank you, yes. thank you. People do yes. think Loretta is an Albinoric, though. That's a that's a that's a lore theory. Believe um, it, I believe it. Because she only rides a horse. She never gets <sighs> off that fucking horse. She never gets off that horse, and she invented a bunch of spells. Like the whole thing is that she is a knight who invented a bunch of spells, and she will not get off that horse. Eyes that's emoji. an Albinoric thing. So that's explain the way Latena works. So Latena uh, is a character you meet uh, who has a big wolf. When you first meet her, she's an NPC and you meet her and she's like, hey, I need you to do a quest for me. And you're like, sure, I'll do a quest for you. And she's like, cool, I'm going to turn myself into a spirit ash. And you go, you're going to do what? And she's like, (laughs) I'm going to turn myself into a spirit ash. And then we are going to work together for a little bit. And that in and of itself is really sick. When she turns Mm -hmm. into it, when she first turns into a spirit ash, she is different from when you use her later. Uh, her first version of a spirit ash, she rides dogs. If you if there is a dog nearby, she will like activate and like go on the dog and ride it around, uh, which is cool. But after the quest line, you have this character who was originally able to like be mobile and has a bow. After that quest line, she's like, I'm gonna stay with you because you finished my quest line. Great, thank you. But when you summon her, she doesn't have the dog anymore because as part of her quest line, her dog dies. And so you get this. She goes from this like mobile um, kind of like sniper to a completely stationary turret. You summon her, that woman is a turret, and she sits there. And if you can keep her, if you can keep the enemy in front of her, she will just pelt them for minutes, just really like picking away at people. And she becomes like a perfect support character if you are going for a like tanky or like melee heavy build where it's like okay even when i'm not even when i'm dodging i have someone over there who i am drawing aggro for just plinking away at this health bar it is it is like effectively having a status effect on the boss like scarlet rod or something like that is like having her there to tick them down and it's super sick yeah i wish there were more 
uh, unique in terms of, I mean, the, the summons are all great, uh, but, but she's such a unique one. And I wish there were more things that had similar variants in terms of mobility and, you know, what they, what their, what their total uses. There's a lot of just like, here are some soldiers. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're not fun because they have their own little role play purpose of like, oh, these are my favorite little soldiers. But if I could trade, you know, 10, three guys with a sword for three more things as unique as Latena or the jellyfish or whatever, I I would make that trade. Um, Otherwise I didn't do a lot of summoning people to play with. And that's not a, that wasn't a, um, an ideological, I'm not like anti summoning. I just felt that between the summons I normally did and mimic tier, I had my bases basically covered, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right, let's get to uh, a couple of questions people wrote in with. Um, that kind of dance around some of the stuff that we have been talking about. This one comes in from uh, Anonymous. Uh, Apologies uh, in advance because this is a somewhat nuanced question. I'm having trouble framing it. The Souls games have always focused on an implied story versus object descriptions, character names, snippets of dialogue, and environmental design, with the exception of Sekiro, which leads to an almost archaeological feel. Each item description produces a small part of a greater tapestry. However, by the end of a Dark Souls game, many events still feel completely disconnected from one another, at least to my eye, suggesting a world in which history itself is not always cleanly collected, uh, connected, and sometimes weird things just happen. Elden Ring follows the same pattern, but events are more tightly connected to the major plot points revolving around the intervention of the Greater Will and the eventual shattering. I'm curious if you all agree, and if so, which style worked for you uh, better and why? Thanks for all of the pods. Uh, also, I think you kind of mentioned this much earlier in the podcast in which... Yeah. This feels like the studio building off of Sekiro, which is a much more straightforward for from anyway style of storytelling and trying to marry that with the, the more like uh, kind of esoteric, like do your own homework uh, style that the, that the Souls games have. Yeah, totally. And and I think that um, it, it is it's one of those things where, you know, a, a big part of this. If some leaks are to be believed, which I think they are because many of the adjoining leaks turned out to be true, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was there was a poster over on Reset Era named Omni who posted a ton of leaks around Elden Ring, all of which seemed to have turned out to be right. And one of the things that came out was people saying, well, what that? why bring in George R. R. Martin? I already like the Dark Souls lore. They already write good lore over there. And one of the things that Omni said that has stuck with me, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, um, is what it meant for the production process and how it changed things. What Martin did was write a bunch of lore about this place a thousand years prior, wrote a ton of backstory. And then the the you know normal uh, writing team at uh, FromSoft took that and worked from that base. And that isn't what normally happens. Mm. Normally, in the previous Souls games, there are some big, broad ideas. Hey, there are some witches that have some fire magic. Um, but the places don't exist in the world, first of all, right? So, like, Leonia is where magic is is developed and co- where a certain set of magic comes from, right? Is in that school. We talked about the ancestor stuff being being there already. That stuff is all pre-written and has that as a basis, and they can refer to that and and build from that basis. Instead of saying the swamps of Isolith are somewhere, they're somewhere. But that that was a name that they came up with. They built that plane in the air. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and here they didn't have to do that. And so I, I think that that's part of why you things feel more coherent is because there is a lore Bible that wasn't built 
following game mechanics to justify game mechanics. It was built as a basis that then things were pulled up from and scaffolded around. And I don't, I also, I would say that there was still the archaeological feeling for me in terms of putting things together. And in fact, in some ways, the archaeological feeling is enhanced for me because it does feel like I'm uncovering stuff. I mean, Ren's whole story is about uncovering all the different, like, d- different sects underneath what you would think of faith, all of the different religions that exist. And that's because there is so much world building done yeah. ahead of time. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's where that coherency that, that comes from. And I think I prefer this to that because it also just freed them up to do, to take wider, bigger swings at what the player's intervention in the lore ends up being. Ren. <laughs> I think for me that, like, I like this style better, but I found the overall narrative and, like, arc of, and and this is an impossible thing for Elden Ring to be put up against because it is one video game and not three. The arc of Dark Souls and the the conclusions that I think that series comes to, that series, by the end of it, has, a to me, a pretty clear thesis, and a thesis that I find really compelling and really well argued over the course of those three games. And it can only do that because of the way the first game was built in the air to me, is that like the second game is in conversation with the first and the third is in conversation with all with, with the other two because it is a series that ends up building itself around what it means to like what it means to try to create meaning in the world, right? And like that is what the core of that series is for me. And I think it gets to that point so effectively by the end, I cannot help but love it. And that like even if I think that this was a better experience narratively, I think that the the conclusions that the original Dark Souls games come to is so fascinating and so well articulated. And I did not get that sense from beating Elden Ring. When I came away from Elden Ring, I was like, ah, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the... I know what the the questions this game is asking. And it might be because I haven't thought about it as much. Like, that may be the core of it, is that I have not, like, yet gotten to the point where I'm like, this is what this game is trying to argue. Um, I may get there. But for now, I do really love the original style. For me, the thing that sets it apart is this notion of like, even in Dark Souls 3, your options, you have, there's like three or four endings in Dark Souls 3, but fundamentally it's like, do we continue this corrupt cycle of light or do we step into the dark where there's, we don't know what, what yet comes, but it is a place where we can reinvent ourselves against the world and as whoever we truly are. Or I think the third one is like, I am the new center of everything. I have become the flame. Wait, there's also the DLC ending, which is, is which is Remind which is which is okay. So the, the the DLC ending basically goes. It takes the it takes the cycle, and it doesn't do because I think what Dark Souls one goes is this is the cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going into the dark is breaking the cycle, right? And then Dark Souls two goes. No, it fucking isn't. Going into the dark is just a different part of this cycle. Yeah, the this, cycle this is bigger system than will, that. Yeah. Right, it will always reestablish itself. Any points of rupture you create, will the system will inevitably reestablish itself um, stronger. Um, in some ways deteriorated, but like systemically stronger, right? And that is like a hard conclusion to come to. Dark Souls 3 then goes, and it's in its base game goes, yeah, the cycle, blah, 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 blah. It's going to keep happening. It's going to be terrible, blah, 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 blah. 
the DLC of that game ends with the world burning Mm -hmm. fundamentally and a character sitting in a room and taking the blood of the last person who exists and being like, I am going to paint something fundamentally new. We are not doing this cycle. I am going to paint a thing that is real and and separate from this. But what is it? And to right. me, Elden Ring says, here are five instances of what it might be. Of what and that's why be. I like Elden Ring's yes. version of it more, which is that like, okay, we all, Fia has a vision for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gold Mask has a vision for the world. Dung Eater has a vision for the world. Uh, the, the, the version of it that is burn everything down exists. And then, oh, and then even the like, I'm going to restore it doesn't actually restore what it was before. It sort of mm-hmm. locks in a version of what there is now and reestablishes the centrality of the gods, but you can't undo the time. And so it's not returning to a cycle. So the thing that I love, and and Ronnie's version is, of course, we are going to go to a realm of of cold indifference and pure rationality (laughs) and loveless stars. (laughs) Will you come with me, my, my consort? And what I love about it is it gives you the space to not get stuck in the do we restart it? Do we step into the dark? Do we create something fundamentally new? It takes that third one and says, here are four different visions of fundamental yes. newness and or let's burn it all down. Yes. Pick one and being able to explore those different competing worldviews is to me the thing that like – if I could do anything, it would be to add four more endings for the various factions that don't get a voice. Like, yeah. there is no Volcano Manor. Volcano Manor. You know what I mean? Come on, me, let's go. Give uh-huh. me the rot ending. Let me yeah, see. Absolutely. What, because mm, I'm not going to go off on millennia, although I want to, but I will, I will hold my mm-hmm. tongue. Yes. Even on a like, more practical level, I think for folks that aren't thinking of like the the deepness of of the story and the world building i think they're getting they're they're making strides towards i bet if you ask like someone who di- isn't watching videos thinking too deeply about the story like is missing a lot is just kind of going through the game can get through it and be like have a general sense like they had they had they had a journey and like right. they accomplished a thing and like i think you can play those previous games that way and be like a feeling of like I don't know. I just fought a bunch you get of weird like one guys. Or two things in those previous ones, which is like fuck patches and <laughs> like fuck yes. this particular boss who was hard. Or whoa, I thought that design was cool. And I think that this game is super successful at giving the player more of those moments. There's more like the moment when you meet and Patrick, you didn't have this because you the volcano manor stuff didn't work for you. But like when Raya reveals her true form as Zoraya, <laughs> the there's a there you meet this lady in the middle of Lyurnia who is like a little hunched over in a green dress looking for a uh a, a locket. It's the locket that Bogart oh, that that yeah. the, the the shrimp prawn guy mm-hmm. has. You get it and you bring it back to her and she invites you to Volcano Manor. And eventually Eventually, you you find to you look up what her real form. You find her real form. You see her. You hear rumors that things are scurrying in the halls, uh, and that there are people are catching things out of the corner of their eyes. And eventually, Patrick, I need you to look up Zoraya Z O R Y A Elden Ring, uh, which is Raya's true form. I so uh, wish, and I so wish you had been streaming is, before this. <laughs> it could have led you away. I yes. You how, do you I, find what, how do I spell it again? Z Z O R Y A, and then Elden Ring because otherwise you're mm-hmm. going to get like Finnish folklore or something. Uh, 
Slavic folklore. Apologies. Oh my. Okay. She is the. She is a wonderful young lady in a green <laughs> cape who is a big snake girl. That's a big That's snake. so good. Yeah. It's so good. And like to me, that doesn't just work on the. You know, there's cool stuff happening there. She's part of the Volcano Manor questline, which hey, I love. Yeah, yeah. Her father is the big snake lord guy. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. She's been lied to about her parentage in some ways, but. Also, you meet a cool snake girl, and that to me works at the patches level. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, that's just I met a dope character who's memorable. And this game does have ton. The guy who's like, yeah, I flunked out of magic school. Could you get me <laughs> back you get into me magic back school? Into magic Great school. dude. Uh, it goes bad for him. He should not have tried no. to get back into magic school. <laughs> well, and it's, it's stuff like that that I think the fandom sometimes has gotten fixated on uh, from speaks and riddles. Mm-hmm. The joy of the storytelling is in solving the riddle and that if they were ever to be more straightforward, that it would lose their ability. Like it's wrapped up in the mystery. And I was like, I feel you're really selling the storytellers to hear short. That's a stylistic yeah. choice. It's an approach. Yep. Um, but I don't think there's when you lay it, when you watch the video that lays it out. You know, when you watch a Vati video, like he's not speaking in riddles, right? Like he's yeah. explaining, here's what happened. I was like. Stuff like those videos always seem to demonstrate to me that that's just a style and an approach. And that's something that actually unpacked this. You can still have all of that. Like this, this, the core storytelling and character details are so good that it doesn't have to be spoken plain and like opening up an encyclopedia and it's like spells it out. But there's a different way of doing this that can accomplish the same goals. And I think Elden Ring is a real demonstration of them moving in that direction where it's like we're keeping all the good stuff but also more people are being able to experience it and they're just packaging in different ways because all that Mm -hmm. mystery riddle stuff is still here too but also like this is the series to me like demon souls is pretty fucking loud that game tells you at a lot of points you by the time you fight maiden fight maiden astraea you know exactly who she is, why she is there, and why that is the worst fucking fight in that game. Why it is like, they have done this before and did it extremely well. And so I, I always like bristle at the, the the obscurity is essential to it as opposed to a really well done device. Same thing goes with like Gwendolyn. Gwen, if you, when you yep. see Gwendolyn in Dark Souls 3, you do not need to know her deep lore. The, what has happened there is so clear. And like, you, it's not a riddle. I think the, the moment you start treating it like a riddle, you stop being able to see really human stories. I mean, I think it speaks to the a the breadth of who plays these games and what their interests are. And I think that there is like there is an there is a, an audience member. There is a a sort of player who broadly puts themselves under the like I'm interested in video game stories yeah. label, but is not interested in that sort of active participate or is not trained in that sort of active participation model, which is not a, a dit like there's lots of other games where you can be interested in stories and go watch the cutscenes and find. And I don't even mean games. I don't like, like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like I think that there's a lot of stories. I, you know, like I have my preferences, you know, I have my yeah. preferences, <laughs> yes. um, but you know, if, if, uh, you know, if you grew up playing JRPGs, most of the story is presented to you in between the fights and yeah. and presented to you. And you could engage with it at that level. And you you need to do a little more active reading. And I don't just mean item descriptions reading. Yeah. I mean sitting with characters who don't 
always speak not i don't think that they speak in riddles i think that they speak in ways that are different than um you, you know the sort of hello like adventure exactly. <laughs> where the great evil knight is around the corner <laughs> exactly and and it's not playing in the in the realm of like pure melodrama even though melodramatic actions are happening you know it, it is it is there is something else happening there that is i think less familiar to a, to a part of the the player base um and it feels to be like Elden Ring has a few more on-ramps. It has a few more. I think the Ronnie quest line is a model. We'll see them come back to again mm-hmm. and again. Yeah, it'll I agree. Get, it'll get more streamlined, but like, hey, here's six things you do with these four characters that you get to basically have feelings about because they're painted pretty well. And it's a little side story. And, and it's like, yeah, that's just a side quest. Like, that's just a that's just what other RPGs have been doing for a long time. But when it's put into the melange the way the rest of – with the rest of their type of storytelling, I think you get something that's very special. Uh, I mean, uh, all, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Ren. I was going to say, those side quests begin acting as, like th- – th- that is what teaches you how to do it, right? Like, right, like right, interacting right, right, right. with Ronnie is, yeah. is, is, is like th- – these are the instructions for how do you do this, right? When Saluvius fucks you over, you are like – why did that guy do that? And then mm-hmm. once you ask those questions, suddenly the item descriptions and the like things characters say offhand, you start to question them and suddenly you are watching the Vadi Vigia video or you are, you know, reading up on all of those item descriptions and, and putting those things together. And I think that like that rules. Uh, and this is the question we go out uh, on uh, also from Anonymous. Uh, much of Elden Ring's game design seems largely antithetical to other AAA design uh, that came out this year. With games like God of War never giving you a second to consider, actually, what should I do next? Or even just general open world marker on a map quest design. It made it feel like a breath of fresh air for a game so large. But even more importantly, it ended up selling extremely well. Mm. What game design aspects from Elden Ring, if any, do you think will break into the AAA gaming space i mean for one see in five years um uh, but i you know austin you are someone that has transitioned from game critic journalist to working on games how do people talk about this game like dude it's so fascinating i i'm gonna i'm gonna shout out one of my uh uh collaborators and co-workers liz liz england who's brilliant who has worked on uh everything Uh, the most recent watchdogs to watchdogs Um, legion yeah um um, she's brilliant uh, really really smart in systems design narrative design procedural generation and stuff uh for for like three months leading up to this game coming out like you know, very sarcastically rolling her eyes as my my boss and I would like, you know, the the Zoom the part of a Zoom meeting before the everybody's there. We're like, oh, did you see that new da 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 about Elden Ring? <laughs> you know, me being like, oh, I saw some footage the other day. Oh, like, uh, did you get in the beta? And and you know, this is someone who very much had been put off by uh, uh, experiences around playing the game. Um, the the community around the game being the get good stuff, mm-hmm. and that's not. I, I should I should explain one thing, which is that Liz was the sort of person who was always ready for this game and didn't know it. Is someone who plays a lot of like crafting and survival games and always has a new story to tell about, like you know, trolling someone in Sea of Thieves. You know what I mean? Like this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, yeah. Is. but <laughs> yeah. the community around the game made it seem like something she wouldn't like. Um, and I and and I think this was true for a lot of people. There was a lot of communication around like the prepare to die edition. I think really set the wrong stage. We've talked about this a lot of times. The, mm-hmm. the discourse around the game and and its difficulty suggests 
not that it is not that it is uh, a hard game to play, but that if you have a hard time of it, you that means it's just not for you. You you know, it's if a you're personal cry failure. about it or if you exactly. Um, and what ended up happening, of course, was she got it. <laughs> Didn't she? She basically made the decision that was like either I'm going to listen to you two talk about this game every time we have a meeting <laughs> with the three of us, and I'm not going to be able to chime in, uh, uh, or I get to play it and participate in that conversation and get to say. And of course, she loved it. She she picked it up. She had a great time with it. And you know what I will say is on the design side, it's not that it a thing that comes up and you reference it and you go, oh, just like in Elden Ring, da 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 da. da. Um, but it the games we play shape our expectations about what games can do. Um, uh, I will tell you that the more important game that has come out in the last year uh, is the most recent release of Dwarf Fortress, where you get people <laughs> who are playing something they never thought that they had yes. access to, that is shifting the way they think about what does a game Like a possibility do. space? Like a, there's, po- hey, there's possibility <laughs> space. Uh, <laughs> where and, and to me, that is the sort of stuff that is like long-term, yeah. how a game like Elden Ring changes your expectations. Because it says, hey, you can actually tell a pretty interesting story. You can build an interesting world without a lot of cutscenes. Or, hey, you can trust players to do XYZ thing. Or a person, a, a player might have an experience where they go, I wish they'd given me more guidance, but I fundamentally like the idea of this, these, every time you go into a mine versus when you go into a grave, you have a pretty good idea of what type of dungeon it's going to be, but it's going to be some variation, but there's some stuff to rely on. Those are the ideas that end up shaping conversations because they become common language. Um, you know, I'll tell you another thing I've learned that is unsurprising, but but do you know what a huge thing that shapes conversations inside of video game development studios? And this is not even my just my studio, but in talking to other people, like when I've interviewed for Mm-hmm. for uh roles for people to come in or what I've you know Marvel movies have become a touchstone of design language inside of the world of video games because they're ascendant cultural objects. So when someone's so instead of saying, Oh, I want to make a tanky character, they might say, I want to make a Captain a America Hulk. style character uh, yeah, or a Hulk yeah. style character who does a lot of di- like that that has become part of or they'll talk about you know, franchises in that terminology. And so a big way in which something like Elden Ring ends up shaping those conversations is about giving people shared dialogue, right? Or shared, a shared lexicon to where Moonvale is something everyone can talk about. Mm -hmm. The first time you, you know, the player's experience of slowly overcoming Margit is, or Margit, the first version, whatever that version is called. <laughs> we'll get uh, there. Okay, well, or eventually. Not. <laughs> uh, that is a, a shared space right. where everyone can look at it and go, like, oh, yeah, like that, you know? Um, and and by kind of what I found is you never know what the thing is going to end up being, but you end up having that shared playbook, and that means ends up meaning a lot long term, you know? Uh, kind of, Ren, are there other things about this that in Elden Ring that you. I don't know. Are there certain particular elements of it that you hope like developers take lessons from that you would that you'd like to see not only in from from games, but just like more broadly speaking? I mean, I do think there's a fair amount of um, I think uh, when Ren was describing the map earlier, there's um, it feels like a very deliberate decision about what goes on there and what does or doesn't get marked in certain ways that I feel like more open world games could, you know, the whole thing about the Ubisoft, like field of uh, markers and things like that, where, I mean, the Elden Ring isn't the first 
to like you know breath of the wild did a similar thing with their with its map but but maybe those games maybe like, like the, as austin was saying like if dude, you can then point to games that yeah. have been successful doing it like it's yeah. one thing to say hey we should trust the player and then everyone in focus <laughs> testing and marketing is going no because we just did this play test and the players do not fucking get this xyz uh-huh. and mm-hmm. you can imagine i think like elden elden ring and a breath of the wild being games who are like can open up a space where you can you can have conversations about trusting that people won't find a thing or they'll find it in a different way yeah the first time i opened the assassin's creed odyssey map and zoomed out and saw that it was like this huge empty space of was that, that map filled in as you got to new zones, and zones were level marked. Where it was like, here's for level 20 to 25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just dozens of zones. And right. the level marks are there, but there's no there's no what Ren was talking about before. That like the hand-drawn quality of Elden Ring's map suggests that certain places are important and other places aren't. And there's something so mechanical about the Odyssey map that made me feel like I had I had to put the game down immediately because it felt too big of a meal to eat whereas the elden ring map all and this is true with the breath of the wild map and even just the breath of the wild level design in a way that as ren pointed out like it lives in breath of the wild in a way that it only really lives on the map in elden ring uh i i always it elden rings map gives me eyes bigger than my stomach assassin's creed odyssey's map made me want to put the fork down you know (laughs) and like that is and and if elden ring had that because there's no reason in theory, you couldn't just, you, you know, could. you can go online, Google an Elden Ring map and people, the fans have done it where, you know, you can see everything. If, this is the level you, you should go to here. Here's, you could totally not even that, that just, just like literal icons of like, here are all the things you can do in this world. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That yes. would have been, it wouldn't have been impressive. It would have been just like you said, overwhelming. Yeah. And to the point where I don't even know if I can engage with this world because there's something about having, not knowing how big the meal is actually allows mm-hmm. you to process it and eat it. Whereas if you have it all in front of you like a buffet, it's like, I don't know, man, maybe I'll just go get, can I just go to Taco Bell? Aside from like a live service game like Destiny, I cannot remember the last time I put more than 30 hours into a fucking game. I am at 161 hours of Elden Ring. Like, and it's like, yeah, seeing, like looking at like, how long to beat on another game or something like that, especially an open world one with all of those, like you can go do a million things. Like you're saying would have just completely turned me off. But like, I don't even think I've seen like easily 60% of the like things that are on that map. Right. Like I never got, but that's that's also, there's, there's also something that happens when you look at a map like that. And when you're trying to find your way to the end to just like, be done with a thing, move on to something else. Having all of that there also suggests some sort of like personal failure for like not like, look at all this stuff you didn't do, you piece of shit. Um, And what I like about Elden Ring is I know there's so much I didn't do, but I don't look at the map and go, here are the marks of the things that I'm not doing or missed. Right. I just know they're out there. I hear them from my friends, Ren. Or you see what's there. You see like, oh, cool. I did fill in this map. Like for Mm -hmm. me, I filled in the map. This is the map I filled in. This is, this is what this map looks like for me. And like, uh, that is, it trusts that like players will come to the conclusion that they're done when they're done. 
And yes. like, I think that how like, do I know when I'm satisfied? <laughs> and when Elden I'm Ring goes, the map is not going to tell you when you're satisfied, right? But it will yep. be something you can point to when you are satisfied to go. This is it. This is yeah. my map. It reminds me of a legacy game. When you finish a legacy game, I finished Betrayal Legacy last year, or early this year, nice. and I was like, "Here's my board. Our me and my friends played through this game, and this is our fucking board. Mm-hmm. We didn't see every event. You know, one of the reasons you put a hundred things into a game." It, there's two different ways of thinking about it. You would do like the Mario version where it's like every star is fucking tightly developed. We only put in a star if it's fun to get. We don't put in extra stars. We don't, we want you to get a hundred stars. There are a hundred stars. You're going to get them all. And then you're going to unlock a second set of a hundred of 200 stars. And those are going to be fun to get. And the other version of it is you put in a, a couple extra hundred things that are all like about good quality. And you hope and push players to maybe not feel like they need to be completionists. You don't give them the tools to to let them easily be a completionist. Because if you don't have a list of everything you could go do and check that list off, it discourages that style of play. And then what you end up with is, here's my experience of moving through the game. And I had that good experience with Breath of the Wild. I've had it with Dragon's Dogma. I've had it with Elden Ring. I had it with Dark Souls 2. Like, this is what appeals to me about this style of game. The thing that, and this leads into what I wanted to say about what I hope people take away Mm. from, like, one of the two things I hope people take away from Elden Ring. One of them, I've said it once, I've said it again, the Seal for River Valley, I think, is brilliantly designed and is a really good example of, like, how you can make players participate in a story through like mechanics, right? How do you participate in this very small story with all of these different builds through mechanics that you, you know, ha- teach players that they have to move through this specific area in a specific way that resembles the characters who are already there. Great. Cool, 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 cool. The actual thing that I want people to take away from Elden Ring is you, you touched on this earlier with, with playtesters, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, our playtesters didn't get this. What I want people to understand about Elden Ring is that the game is going to be played in community. That, like, the Mm. conversations that you are talking about, Austin, between you and other people on Zoom calls, like, they are fun. That is the game. That is the game. game. And, like, the fact that you have your map, but that you show your map to someone you know, and that when you compare those two maps, you realize there's all this other shit, and your idea of what Elden Ring is transforms. And that these games are played in community means that you can trust the community of players that will that will come to exist will be able to come to the conclu- come to conclusions right you don't have to this is not against tutorialization this is not against uh guideposting this is suggesting that if you build your game in such a way that people will talk to each other about it those guideposts will emerge naturally from mm-hmm. community and like that has been true of the dark souls uh, of like the soulsborne series from the beginning but the community People could look at the Souls community and go, oh, look at what that community does, because that community is a niche community that builds interest and builds information in this way. Elden Ring was played by 13 million people or whatever (laughs) the fuck. It is not the Souls community. This is what people do. Players do this. This, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, totally. When they are presented with this. And and there are ways in which this this enabled them more were things like the and maybe this was in maybe this was in Bloodborne and I've forgotten it or in Dark Souls 3 I've forgotten it but being able to set up a code between you and everybody else who was playing so that it prioritized showing your uh, your messages right mm-hmm. um, I don't know if anyone here engaged in that but like I had two different of those codes set up so that I knew that if I saw a thing that had the right I think it's like it glowed yellow instead of glowing white that was a mm-hmm. friend of mine who put that message down which meant I trusted it more it or like a, I was be <laughs> like a in a discord around in, it 
Right, right. Or I was being specifically trolled by someone I knew, and I could go into the Discord and be like, "You motherfucker!" Or I wish there was some way you that see that your was... friend die. You watch your friend <laughs> right. die, and you yes. go, "Hey, yes. look at you, motherfucker! Like, look, exactly. look at this dumb shit you did. This is extremely funny." As you were saying, Patrick, sorry. Kind of like when you like log in or register for Mastodon, and there are like different instances. I one thing I'd like in the future is it's almost like a server browser. I wish, rather than having to find, I mean, it's cool that you can build your own, right, right. but right. I wish there was a way for the game to surface some of that stuff where, like, you could choose, in the same way that you can choose different factions to be, to align yourself with, it would be cool if part of the game's were choosing which communities do you want to be. You can be in the broad pool, the, the mastodon.social, here's the default, like, this is what the game is going to throw you into, but that there were, like, subcategories of that that could somehow be listed and you could participate in, um... And choose that beyond just it's listed in like a Discord or a Reddit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's like, there is a lesson to be pulled from live service. If there was a lesson for me to be pulled from live service games, from MMOs, from all these things, is that like games are played in community, including single player games. And like, I do not know if there is a good version. If I boot up Pillars of Eternity 3 or whatever <laughs> the fuck, I do not want to see a global chat. But you know what would be cool if every if in that video game if it if it was to exist and I knew other people playing it there was a chat on the side of the thing where you got letters or whatever the fuck from other players Oof. that were like hey did you see this <laughs> like if that was baked into the structure of games that would in the way that it is in Souls game that would rule but I think that like that also becomes a massive community moderation problem that becomes a massive like architectural problem in terms of like are you building this game to be always online blah 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 blah. this is difficult to do but i think it is interesting and worth pursuing i agree and i think that's a the sense of community is a great way to uh bring this podcast to a close because the community has been very patient while we promised an elden ring spoiler cast and then waited (laughs) until literally the last possible moment to drop it uh austin super appreciate you uh mech pilling rob i'm sure that is going to result in an armored <laughs> core for you. the answer thank waypoint you. 101 uh-huh, next please. year that yeah, is like sure. already been marked out in my mind as a thing we will probably you have need to help do. Uh, getting it to run on a on a on a console we call them ha- we call uh, them hacked ps3 yeah a cool ps3 working for four we'll definitely uh call you in if we if we get around to that next year what do you got going on? What do you want to? What do you want to oh let people God. know about? What do I? Uh, Friends of the Table. Speaking of mechs, Friends of the Table is about to start its eighth season, Palisade, which is a mech-focused season, kind of fantasy mech adjacent, which is cool. It's a sequel to a show called Partisan, which is, I think, my that's where you should start Friends of the Table intro thing. Now, Partisan Zero One, good, good season. Go listen to Partisan. We just finished over on a more civilized age, our Andor uh, uh, season. We watched Andor week to week. We did podcasts of that. If you, for instance, want to hear me and Rob Zachney and Natalie <laughs> Watson from Waypoint and then Ali Akampora from Friends of the Table talk about Andor and politics and shipping, you should go listen to A More Civilized Age. Um, I think those are, the, those are the big things. Clockworkworlds.com. I sometimes write there still every now and then. Uh, and let me shout out a game. Let me shout out a game I'm playing because I don't have a chance to do this anywhere else. I'm really enjoying Chained Echoes, which is I a sort of uh, Chrono Trigger style. Chrono uh, Trigger, so bad, Final yeah. Fantasy VI style uh, JRPG-ish Made thing. by it's really one good. person, I believe. 
Made by one person. Actually made by one person? Or are we going to get into the discourse around this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I saw someone say that. Anyways, maybe, I don't yeah, know who it's, it's, I've, I've heard really good know. things. I saw that there was some government funding. I saw that they got like some like German funding for it. That's all I know. Uh, it's good. It's like I'm really, really enjoying it. It has some really fun stuff going on. Chained Echoes is a name that I don't love, but I think like I keep being surprised by the quality of its of its very direct JRPG style storytelling uh, and some of its neat mechanical twists. So check it out. Kind uh, of where can people follow you? Uh, on Twitter at a underscore Kato underscore appears for however much longer that website fucking exists. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, check me out on co-host at Austin. No there underscore. You no wow, Walker. you oh you landed one of the early ones with the. I got the, the early. They don't have underscores. I went to do Austin's the Walker, but I was like, I'm not gonna be Austin hyphen Walker. Wow, that's not I it. Like that's nothing. So just at Austin. Uh, you can follow me at Patrick Clubbig. Ren, where can people follow you? You could follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Uh, what is the music for this? The holiday ones, Kato. I was about to say it's a it's a mellow it's a mellow track. All right, so we still it's a jingly a jingly too mellow too mellow Uh, yeah uh, mellow holiday uh, music. I I would say add to mellow music, but what 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 is the actual what is a website we can point people to for? Uh, it should be uh, I believe it's toomellowmusic.com. Too mellow makes. (laughs) It's toomellowmakes.bandcamp.com. Excellent. Excellent. Um, or just too mellow.net, apparently. There you go. Well, there we go. Perfect. Number two, M E L L O.net. Uh, and that, that'll do it for our Elden Ring spoiler cast. This is, is this one, the, is this the end of the year one or is no, that the game of the that's year? That's game, so game of the year. Game of the year is on the 30th. Gotcha. Uh, so Y'all, you got something else to look forward to? Game of the year is coming. Uh, a lot of something uh, else. Of year. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, we didn't get to your categories because we talked Ooh. for a long time, but it was really, it's a really, really good podcast. I think people <laughs> will have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I guess, also, as long as we got you here, do you, do you, can you take us out? Oh, you want me to say it? You want, like, do yeah. I get to? Say the All thing. Right. Fuck capitalism. Go home. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. No peace. No peace. peace. (laughs) These days, I don't know. Actually, you know what? No peace. No peace. Give them no peace. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Clap? Do we need an out clap or we do y'all just do no, one we're clap? No, we're good. Just the one front clap. Kata was uh, anti clap, but we just go through the exercise. I'm not anti clap. I am simply clap agnostic. Like I don't need. We don't need the clap. <laughs> I, see. I see. You can do the clap, and <laughs> sure it, it does help a little bit, but. It is no longer necessary in theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, yeah. so, you sound like some sort of faction in Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs>
time for the clap has passed. Yeah. <laughs> There's an affectation. I'm recording. All right. Let's do time.is. be okay. Great. Oh, time.is. What's that? What's, uh, what's that? I don't know what that is. Well, um, well you could also go to currency.world, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could, we could clap along <laughs> to the Tesla stock. Like, and when it drops to... <laughs> Get his ass. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I lost power let's go last in, night. Uh, 20? Okay, yes. 20 is good. Sorry, you lost you said you lost power. I lost power last night in the middle of all of that. And so didn't really get the full breakdown of how Oh, it's so wait, all wait, this wait, I have now what? I have now caught up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What's journalists got banned for oh, the I saw Elon that. Jet stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but but what's great? So look, it's all terrible. But if it's gonna be terrible, we might as well party a little bit. And what I enjoy, <laughs> this is now night two of Twitter is dead, and everyone just fucking like taking yeah. their clothes off yeah. and just getting yeah. loose on social yeah. media. Like there's just there's something about where something gets frenetic enough that like I you just can't look away like the energy on the platform the vibes are bad but everyone's like the vibes are bad Damn, like really what if we that. were bad too yeah and there's sort of like an end of the world energy that like enters into it that you can't i don't know there's it happened that one night a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and then it felt like that way last night as well where i was like trying well, to write now, something and i i, I got, got how could you having how having to you? go back and look yeah. Spaces is gone now, is my understanding. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, took away yeah, spaces. Great. Oh no! Now, granted, <laughs> it is. You know, it was taken down for the wrong reasons. But the discovery that uh, deflat deplatformed people can get into spaces because it was the spaces yes. is built upon the um, so Periscope uh, development oh, platform. Is that what it is? Mm. So if you have an account that existed pre Periscope. When you're banned from Twitter, it doesn't look at that as like you're being banned because Spaces is based on like that that technology. And so if Amazing. your account is is pre that, I guess they need to log into Periscope and ban ban you or whatever. <laughs> so instead, they because they have no engineers, basically they just they just took it down. Um, but of course, it was taken down because he was. It is where if you've not listened to his. 30 seconds on that space, it is oh, worth that listening to. Yes, um, just because just watching him be mildly confronted with a little criticism and just <laughs> immediately logging just off. Just bounce. Was, yeah. Uh, delight. 